Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. podcast that discuss top news from the world of entertainment, gaming, comics, and technology. This is for the week of January 8th, 2018. We in the future, babe. 18. I almost said 17. I caught myself real quick. I'm like, like you do your checks, you know? All (laughs) week at work. Last week, I kept putting 2017 and the system kept going. Um, loan can't be scheduled for the past. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a time lord, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I fucking can. <laughs> Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, so we are back. It's been uh, what is this? Three weeks? Yeah, I think it's been three weeks since we recorded last time. And uh, so uh, you guys had uh, two weeks worth of uh, flashbacks, and then uh, we had our our last just another podcast last week. So, uh, hope you guys check that out. So, yeah. So, um, what'd you do in your break, dude? Actually, that was probably the least we talked, like, that whole two-week period. Yeah, just, you know, family, uh, holiday shit. Contemplated um, suicide. <laughs> existential crisis. No. no, I had a pretty good time. We we had, uh, we had, mostly my wife's side of the family came through, um, the ones who celebrate Christmas and then the ones who don't came later. Um, right. Cause you didn't want that awkward side, <laughs> right? It's Christmas day. Uh, well, what do we do? Just sit here in silence. There was a like, whole, there was a whole debate and this was a little bit before the break. My sister-in-law came and, um, you know, we get, get along with her just fine. Of course. And, uh, she goes, she sees, she sees that we're going to put a Christmas tree up and she goes, you guys, cause her mother, my wife's mother was coming around new year's mm-hmm. and she goes you guys better make sure that's put up before she gets here and i was like why i said it will be because i'm not the type of person to leave my christmas tree up for half the fucking year but why why does it matter like well she doesn't celebrate christmas i, I go i know but this is my house <laughs> so what i said that i and we got into a little bit of debate that i won 
of course, <laughs> where I go, listen, I don't go into her house and say, hey, you better put fucking Santa on the wall. Right. This is ridiculous. You know, so she can't come here and tell me you better take that Christmas tree down because I'll tell her to go fuck herself. And I, I love my mother-in-law. Get along with her just fine. And then uh, my sister-in-law goes. Yes, I'm not putting up with this war on Christmas. <laughs> That's right. My sister-in-law goes. Well, she won't say it directly. She'll just be real passive aggressive. I go, yeah, in Spanish. I don't fucking care. <laughs> don't bother me. You know, but the Christmas tree was put away. So everything was fine. Um, but yeah, the kid, I, I worked, I mean, I talked about this, I think in the previous podcast, I worked a shit ton of overtime. <laughs> I think I worked 140 hours in one pay period. Um, and in it, one it, day, you know, <laughs> right. And it, uh, it paid off. I, I was able to get each kid like five gifts and um we had a feast of food on christmas there, there was none of that feeling of oh shit um i can't afford that i gotta get this first or you know everything was taken care of right so that was pretty cool and i'm gonna have to be doing plenty of that now because i have been told that i need to move um i don't know if i talked about this already on the podcast i don't think, I think on the I podcast. Told, you told yeah me i think i told it. steve Sometimes I forget if I'm if when I'm talking to Steve if, if I said it when we were being recorded or if we just said it. Um, but the no, but so, the 33 listening agencies, you know that right. You know that they, they already got that info. I mean, they knew before you, know, you did. <laughs> wave high to the NSA. You know what I mean? Um, the shit. I lost my train of thought. Oh, so I've lived here for three years. And when I moved in here, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it was a, a little bit of hard times you know I, I wasn't i had a i had a job but it was only paying like 11 an hour and i have a pretty sizable family so this is a section 8 apartment complex for those of you outside of the united states or outside of this economic bracket <laughs> section section 8 is uh subsidized housing so the government it's based on how much you make and then the government flips the rest of the bill you know blah 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 i am no longer on that program I pay the full amount of rent here, which is over fucking price because <laughs> the apartment the apartment complex is owned by a, a normal company and the government just sends them checks, you know. Right. So the government has a maximum that the rent can be, and of course they put it at the maximum that it can be. So I'm paying that. I'm paying like eleven hundred a month in a in a put this is you know, cost of living and everything, but where I'm at, this place should be probably no more than eight. 850 now keep most. in mind if you live in new york san francisco la we would all pay that much for no i live in i live in arizona it's supposed to be cheap it's also called so, it's also known as mordor um, that's right <laughs> not right now the weather's been beautiful yeah. but, um it's only bad for three months out of the year everybody's so damn sensitive yeah three when, when three months st- suck though. yeah <laughs> when you step out and you literally you know your face turns into the way uh uh richard dreyfus's face did you know what's uh, sad the close encounters right you know what's sad is the last couple of years I, it took a while but i've noticed i'm used to it now so when the summer happens uh, it's not that bad still sucks. unless i have to unless i have to stand out in it forever but we'll see how it um, comes out this summer <laughs> right this summer so anyway i went to the office to go pay my rent like a good a good citizen okay right. <laughs> and um this place is a section eight place so it's it's most of the people here, unfortunately, are people who don't want to improve their life. 
Like they're they're perfectly fine living at the bottom of the barrel because they don't have to work. You know, like I could I could lose my job tomorrow and they won't kick me out. They'll just make my rent really cheap. Yeah. You know. Um so oh, most of the people here don't work. Like the same mm-hmm. amount of cars that are in the lot in the morning are the same amount of cars that are in the lot at night. <laughs> they don't <laughs> go anywhere. So there's weird rules here. Like I, I have to bring them a cashier's check. That's the only way I can pay my rent. Like I can't give them a check. I can't pay online. Well, I can't do that. That makes sense with. It makes sense with the with the area that I'm in because right. checks are bouncing and stupid yeah. stuff like that. So I bring them their the little cashier's check. I go to the bank and cashier's check. Blah, 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 blah. Fucking 1992, and um, they go, oh, um, we're gonna be doing uh, reviews in April. Now reviews is they you have to bring them all your pay stubs. I still have to do all this shit, even though I'm not on Section 8. Um, you bring them all their pay stubs, and they review your your income. And I go, uh-huh. And she, I'm like, you already have all that stuff. I gave it to you last month. She goes, well, that's what we wanted to talk to you about. Um, you make the most amount of money in this complex. And I go, okay, that wasn't difficult. Mm-hmm. you know. And she says, yes, but she says second place only makes half of what you And I go, what are you trying to tell me here? Like I get, it's a I feel the writings on the wall kind of thing, right. you know. And she says, when we do review, we're gonna have to give you a thirty day notice to get out because I now make too much money to to live here. I guess I'm like, okay, um, well I appreciate you. T- they're they're doing me a solid. They're telling me now instead of you know blah blah blah. So now I have until like July or August. I've been watching July August. Yeah, July or August. So July. Um, and I have to get out of here. So I'm like, that's fine. You know, we wanted to move anyway. And I think the only reason we had, we didn't move last year is because you know, how you just get comfortable. Yeah. Like even with the things that we don't like, like this place has fallen apart, but we've also got used to it. Yeah. So it's like, whatever, you know, that doesn't work or you have to shake this to make this work or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was, when I walked out of that office, I'm like, you know what? I do make more than all these fucking scrubs. <laughs> get the fuck out of here and it's cool it's cool anyway because the worst the worst thing about this apartment complex is that the parents here don't parent where their kids come home and then they say get the fuck out yeah. and then all these wild kids are running around and every time I let my kids go outside something happens either something gets taken from them or there's a fight or just something stupid you know, I think William, went, there was a kid, he was like 16, and he fucking like f- grabbed William's face and shoved him on the dirt. Jesus. And then Hannah fucking clipped him in the chin with a <laughs> fucking haymaker and shit, <laughs> and he ran away. And then there was another time where some kid was pushing Colin, and Colin's one of those kids where he's really like happy and he doesn't, he wants peace and love all the time until he snaps. <laughs> You know, and then he pushed him one too many times. And all I heard, I I didn't hear what the kid was saying, really. And then I just, I looked out right at that last push. And I just saw Colin, push me again. Push me again. <laughs> he was freaking out. I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, it so was I don't, weird. I can't. His hair kind of turned green. It is. Right. Know, he got this like white shit all over his face. And <laughs> shit was getting real. So um, we can't really and let the Hannah kids And then comes out looking like Harley. <laughs> right. With a hammer. So we we can't really let the kids out, yeah. which sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're going to move into a house, rent a little house. And 
life will be better. So this year is going to be a, a banner year for the Riley house. <laughs> and the greatest of all is when I move, I don't have to cap CenturyLink. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Because in the you end, that's understand. what it's all about. <laughs> that's right. You don't understand the, the delight. Oh, man. I told my wife when we move, we're going to get um, the cable company here is Cox Communications. That's a C-O-X, by the way. <laughs> um, and it used to be U.S. West way back in the day. Um, and I told my wife, I'm like, she's like, what internet plan are we going to get when we move? I said, whatever the best one is. Right. I said, I literally don't care what it costs. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if I got to drop a T1 line in my house, I'll fucking do it. They're going to install microwave fucking satellites outside just to get, like, it's going to be nuts. It looked like SETI. <laughs> it's like, my internet's so fast, as soon as I think about downloading something, it's, it's on my computer. Exactly. <laughs> I, can mine, I can mine Bitcoin like it's, like it's nobody's business. Right. I download all of Wikipedia with images and videos in 2.3 seconds. <laughs> There's a team from Japan that flies in once a month just to review right. and make sure everything's set up correctly. <laughs> but anyway, how was your uh, your break? Anything exciting happened? It was fine. That's it? It was fine? No, uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, uh, Christmas Eve... For those of you that follow my face, uh, my uh, Instagram, uh, Patrick, who is uh, one of my good friends and also uh, co-host of the Extended Play Movie Podcast with me, we went and saw Double Feature at the West Beverly in Hollywood, Die Hard and Die Hard 2 on Christmas Eve, which was, which was fucking sweet. It's a total old school theater, box office out front, um, one theater. It, it's uh, supported. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is one of the supporters of that uh of uh that that theater and he usually brings out like 35 millimeter prints of his movies uh to there so we were we got there and yeah the theater was packed for the first for die hard they sh and they show retro movies they show a lot of old movies and the cool thing is is that all the movies that they show they actually showed those tr original trailers for those movies before the before the screening we got a donald duck cartoon where him and uh the his nephews were at war, uh, snowball war and then mm. we got the movie so it was really cool it was really fun um and uh then uh then on christmas day you know it was just me and my brother we kind of hung out and then uh uh opened presents and then just kind of chilled in the living room like he was on the couch i was on the recliner we watched like doctor who all the way up to the christmas special uh, it was pretty much that's <laughs> the kind of day we had uh, new year's was cool we just kind of um just kind of hung out, had some, uh, you know, uh, ordered in some food, watched some movies. I can't remember what movies we watched, though. And then, of course, you know, rang in the new year. And then the day after, John was kind of getting over a cold. So he was kind of on the couch. But I was like, whatever. We just kind of chilled, watched, you know, TV and movies and stuff like that. So it was just pretty pretty, on, pretty much on the on the low key. Uh, I, uh, wanted to go on here and thank Adam for the uh, – for the brain uh uh funko pop for christmas thank you yes and i want to thank steve um for the thing that he got me <laughs> you forgot i did because I, I forget which one you got me oh uh, la noir there you go thank you 
Because I, I got a few friends who were giving me digital gifts, and I couldn't remember. For some reason, <laughs> Civilization Six was sticking in my head. And I'm like, no, he didn't get me that. Fuck. <laughs> Which I have yet to play, by the way. I know. Because I haven't fucking... Um, every time I turn around and go play, someone's on the goddamn Xbox. The, the kids have been on vacation. You're the father. Yes, I'm not. I'm also not a monster. I'm not gonna walk <laughs> into the room and go get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> it's like pull the plug. Oh wow, weird power must be out. Okay, guys, gotta go do something else. Plug it back in. <laughs> <laughs> right. It'd be different if it was one kid playing on the thing constantly, but it's not. They're on like a rotation. You know, so it's like I'm just not in the rotation. <laughs> they have a clipboard with like, okay, you play from two to two to six. You play from six to nine. <laughs> no, and that's another thing. Listen, I, I keep bringing up Hannah, my daughter Hannah, but she's either going to um, be the richest of us all, or she's going to kill us all in our sleep. <laughs> like she figured out on her own. She's twelve, by the way. She figured out on her own that. I get ang- or me and her mother get angry if one of them plays the system for too long. And she 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 realized this because the boys do that. The mm-hmm. the sons of course will be the ones that will 6 hour gaming binges mm-hmm. and then someone gets pissed off. So she and I, it's funny that you say clipboard. She I found a list that she wrote. She wrote a schedule out <laughs> for everyone on Saturdays and Sundays. And she she put at the bottom, she put asterisks. She put at the bottom um, two points. One is be sure not to play at a large period of time all at once because you'll get in trouble. And at the bottom, be sure to finish any tasks that you have been given by your parents or you will get in trouble. (laughs) I'm like... This fucking evil mastermind. She comes up. Be- she, you see her come up and uh, give like Colin a write up. You, know, <laughs> right. you, you played thirty minutes three days in a row. I, I can't have that. <laughs> we can't. Have but you that. know what? It's it's fucking great. And I was telling I was telling my wife, and she was like, "Well, that's not really her responsibility." I said, "It be." I understand that. <laughs> I didn't you're, ask you're her. Fa- to parent. You're failing to see the beauty of this. <laughs> so I, I started paying attention though. She's not parenting them. Like she's still behaving as their sister, mm-hmm. but she's just the one with the good ideas. Right. Like she's like, listen, listen. And they all listen to her. <laughs> they all go, what? What what revelation will Hannah have today? Like that kind of shit. She knows how to work the system. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't mind it. Right. I, I'm a little proud, actually. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Systems are made to be worked. Exactly. You and that that those are the people that succeed. It's like you never get in trouble with it because I know when not to fuck that shit up. She got in trouble the last time she got in tr- she got in trouble once last year. And it was because she got into like carving pencils. Like she saw in a YouTube video people were carving pencils into like cool designs. Mm-hmm. And she asked me if she could do it. And I said, Yeah, just be careful and always make sure you're carving away from, away from you. And I gave her a pocket knife that I had. And um unfortunately she brought it to school oh. without asking. And but I knew she was like, What's the problem? You know, like she she wasn't and she had it out in class on her on a break like it was nothing. She just didn't realize to her it was the it was the whittling tool. It wasn't a fucking knife. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so. But the rules are not designed for people like her. They're designed for the idiots. Exactly. And I told her, I said, listen, I got the design for the idiots where they open the knife and go pretending to stab you. Right. I told her, I go, I know. Basically, (laughs) (laughs) I said, I know where your head was, but I got to be fair and I got to ground you. You know, so I'm going to take your um, 
your tablet away for a week. And she goes, yeah, I think that's a good punishment. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you know what? Just because you were so agreeable, I'm going to take your TV away too. <laughs> now wait just a fucking minute. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say that I was actually proud of myself that she <laughs> she accepted my punishment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so this one real quick I wanted to kind of touch on. Your computer fan bolt blew out on you. Oh, yeah. It wasn't really that big of a deal, but it was um, – I was playing <laughs> – It was funny, though, when you went to replace it, though. <laughs> yeah. I was playing Civilization Six. And uh, which of is marathon C- sessions, <laughs> yeah, which is a um, you know, CP CPU intensive game and stuff like that. And um, I noticed that my my main fans were fucking running. I was like, oh shit! And it's you know, I have an i7, I can play Civilization Six without sweating. So fucking, I go okay. So I turn I turn the game off. And I'm thinking, oh maybe the game's like maybe I need to reinstall this. I'm wrong with it, and it's it it calms down. But then I hear a rum, 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 rum. every once in a while. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, what's going on? So I open the lid because my, my computer case is weird. It's like, it's like a big metal cube. And then the motherboard lays flat. Um, so it's it's not it's easy to work on, but it's not like a normal computer. So the um, I saw the CPU fan would spin for a second and then grind to a stop. Spin to, I'm like, oh, okay. so. I have a broken computer that needs a motherboard replaced, but it has perfectly good fans. Like whatever. So I go take a fan out. I take the fan off the CPU controller or um, the basis on the heatsink. And I have to unscrew. They have, there's these two clips on the fan that clip it onto the heatsink. So I have to unscrew those, screw them on the new fan, pop it on. But of course I pick out of the three fans that were on the other computer, I picked the one that was noisy. <laughs> like something was wrong with it. So I had to do it again. Take it on, and I'm like, "Fucking!" Now I'm pissed off because I'm doing the same thing twice. Then I got it in; it's working, uh, working tits now. You know, so that's that's the story, really. <laughs> there, there, nothing else. I got to use my new. I got a multi-tool for Christmas from my kids. I got to use that because nice. I couldn't find my screwdriver. So that works. Um, and I cut myself <laughs> on the heat sink. Nice. And then was more nervous that I got blood on my motherboard, but I didn't. <laughs> more like a paper cut, which still hurts. Right. Oh, those like are the past. worst, dude. Yeah. Metal cuts. Just, <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Yeah, you cut yourself um, with a chainsaw. I was like, ah, it's not a big deal. But then you go ahead and get that paper cut, and then you're like, fuck. You're like, you, you need to bandage up your whole arm, you know, because you can't right. move it and touch for anything. Then, of course, I come downstairs, and I'm when I'm working on computers – I mumble to myself, not angrily, but I, I'm just walking through what I'm doing in my head. I, I, it's the only thing in my life that I will talk to myself. I don't know why. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, all right, I have this. Blah, blah, blah. My wife's like, what's wrong with your computer? And I go, oh, the CPU fan went out. She rolls her eyes like a super dramatic roll and goes, how much is this going to cost us? <laughs> and I go, First of all, cutting that attitude ain't going to cost us nothing. <laughs> so you might as well get it done. I say it ain't going to cost us nothing because I, I'm going to take a fan out of the broken computer. And she goes, you mean the computer that was supposed to be my computer? And I go, yeah, that one, the broken one. Remember the motherboard went out? She goes, oh, great. 
just take it out of mind. That's one more thing we have. I'm like, didn't I just buy you a fifteen hundred dollar laptop? Yeah, what the fuck? And then she's look she looks at me kind of for a half second and she goes, Well, it's good that it's not gonna cost anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but her laptop's broken too. What'd she do? The hard drive went out. Oh wow. I was like, what the fuck is brand new? So I told her, we'll go back to the place and we'll have to do it with, um, we'll have to send it to HP. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to do that because then we're not, I'm not going to be able to use it for a long time. Lo and behold, it's been three weeks and she hasn't gone. I'm like, <laughs> so what's up? You know, she wants me to fix it. I go, I can fix it, but it's going to void the warranty. Yeah. So it's, it's really up to you. Yeah. But either way, I got to pay it every month because yeah, my... I got it on a, got on credit. My brother, uh, my brother's laptop went a little funky yesterday like he spilled like hot chocolate on the table and it just got on the outside of it but at the same time it just happened to coincide his keyboard doesn't work when he um but he's when he i told him i go shut it down and then we'll just and then when he went to shut it down it said update so it just happened to coincide i'm thinking that it was a bad update i've had that before where update you know killed the keyboard no no no, no, no. be be legit steve's house is a black hole for any Windows <laughs> device. His computer, every, laptops, everything. It's not so even many mine. fucking it's issues. It's not even mine. So it's like, it, it, um, but uh, yeah, I know it had some weird. It's been my desktop mostly that's had these weird issues. But yeah, now his keyboard doesn't work. Like you can't lock into it and stuff like that. So I'm like, fuck. So I have to go in there and see if I can roll back an update because I think it might have just been a bad update and uh, try to roll it back. But you know, go in using the. Uh, the accessibility <laughs> thing where I'm just using because the it, mouse works. It's just nothing on the keyboard does. It really boggles the mind though, because every couple of months I get a text message. Well, I get plenty of text messages from Steve, but every couple of months it's it's going, oh, my computer this, my computer that. And it's usually an update, like a bad update. I'm like, I have a custom built computer. I've never had a bad update. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I have no idea why. It, but it, it's mostly on my desktop. I think only yeah. the last, within the last year, I've only had one issue with my laptop. I've reinstalled Windows a few times because I was on this, uh, I was on this uh, principal kick. <laughs> uh, right. But uh, for my uh, for my laptop, uh, it, it was the super fetch. It was the first time it actually like literally froze my computer, like which is a common yeah, thing. Yeah, which happen. I was like, fuck. So undid that and my brother's hard drive was running really fast but i managed to turn off the super fetch and uh did something else and and it it stopped making that noise everything seemed to be working fine and then suddenly we had that little issue so i'm like it's probably that maybe i'll try to roll back the update or something it might fix it because it was working fine up until that happened and of course his mind goes to oh do you think it was the hot chocolate like dude it didn't soak in it (laughs) it just like was on the shell you know, it's like yeah, it's not no. not a not a big deal. It's not, that's not it. You should have been like, you know what? It was. <laughs> Maybe you should watch what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> Make them feel bad, right? <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, our main story this week will be about gaming addiction. Uh, but before that, I think it's time we talk about some headlines. <laughs> So, in entertainment news this week, this comes from Polygon, popular YouTube cosplayer It's Mo is organizing a 
quote-unquote peaceful photo op rally with other cosplayers in Los Angeles to, to try and bring awareness to the ongoing campaign in, in defense of the Justice League director, Zack Snyder. The campaign, appropriately titled hashtag release the, Zack, the Snyder cut, isn't new. After Justice League was released in November to a lukewarm reception from both critics and fans, diehard Snyder fans respond by demanding that Warner Brothers release Snyder's original cut of the film. That would be the version that he worked on before departing the project to tend to his family following the death of his daughter, at which point Joss Whedon stepped in to finish the film. It's Mo announced the photo opportunity on January 3rd through Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube asking other cosplayer and Snyder fans to attend to show support for the director. In the follow-up video on January 4th, It's Mo said the photo opportunity wasn't a protest and asked the fans not show up with signs. Instead, uh, the idea was to use the photo of cosplayers around one sign that calls for the release of the um, Zack Snyder campaign. Quote, I'm the kind of person... I'm, this, I'm the kind of person I take action. It's most said in the video. I was so frustrated because I saw BVS, Batman vs. Superman, uh, the director's cut, and it was one of the lucky few that got a scene in a theater, and I thought the Ultimate Edition was so much better. I thought it was an injustice. I felt so bad for Snyder and the crew that this ver better version was not seen by most people in theaters where it should have been seen. I was hoping Warner Brothers would make it, wouldn't make the same mistake with Justice League, and they seem to have made it again. It's Mo's goal is to have Warner Brothers release the reported director's cut, whose existence is still in question. The rumor started circulating on the popular subreddit that when a trusted moderator in the forum claimed that the source at Warner claimed to have a source at Warner Brothers confirming the cut was real. After some digging, I come across convincing proof that the Snyder cut of Justice League exists in the unfinished but relevant form. This is not simply an assembly cut derived from principal photography, but a rough version of had a lot of FX finished and music details concerning the sourcing of the information will be held in confidence. Fandango's Eric Davis tweeted a Reddit post from the visual effects editor who worked on Justice League saying an alternate Zack Snyder cut doesn't exist, but it hasn't stopped fans from campaigning against Warner Brothers. It's Mo told Polygon over Facebook Messenger that she can't confirm whether the Snyder Cut actually exists, and she's not a Warner Brothers employee, but pointed out there's enough substantial evidence to the campaign around the cause. Okay, here's something that all these people need to know. That's not how films work. Films do not get shot, get done. The visual effects are all put in. Everything is all completed. Then they look at the film and go, oh, hey, you know what? We need to refilm some of this stuff. Because that doesn't happen that way. You actually see scenes. You watch them. Usually you get animatics. You get some type of, you know, uh, placeholders for visual effects. Because the visual effects department doesn't go and spend a ton of money when it's not finished yet. Yeah, they just put placeholder shit. Right. And a lot of times they don't even have completed shots. Because it's just a green screen shit. Exactly. So it's like, it, that's not how films work. Um, reshoots don't just happen because everybody looks at the film, assume it's going to be good, and then go, oh, we better reshoot some stuff. No, reshoots are actually worked into the schedule. When actors go, that's why when you saw, that's why you had um, Beardgate or Mustache Gate for um, uh, Henry Cavill, because he was set to do Mission Impossible 6. And then after that, he was going to go back for reshoots because that was already slated. That's what happens. So the fact that people seem to think there's a Zack Snyder's cut 
are fucking morons and don't know how movies work and should actually probably learn how movies work before they start petitioning things that aren't exactly there. But then again, this is the internet and you don't need proof on the internet. All you need is an assumption and a quote unquote, I have a source, but that's confirmed. Who? Who? Because if you have, and I'm going to trust some dude that actually worked on the film, like, you know, a visual effects editor and says it doesn't exist. I'm going to believe that guy before he's paid off man i'm not gonna believe some dude on reddit who says uh, i have a source but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name that yeah it's like it's like and more more important if if anything let's let's say for the sake of argument there is this mysterious snyder cut of the movie locked in some vault somewhere um the only thing it's gonna have is missing scenes yeah that were put in from someone else like it's not it's not gonna be that dramatically different. Like they they think that they brought in another director and that he just changed the fucking game. Like the the movie doesn't even feel like a um. Who what's the name of the dude that came in? Uh, Joss Whedon. To, yeah, it doesn't even feel like a Whedon. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah, you know, he just came in there's really to oversee it. There's certain elements that you're like, oh, that's kind of Whedon right there. But all in all, it's not. And the thing is, is that the movie that came out was a story like it had a legitimate story like it just told you the story you needed to know the x and that was two hours the extra hour or you know half hour i think i heard it was like three hours or something like that that like of like footage that's all extra shit that he did just that that was what was the mess of bvs I, I saw in some of the comments, people were like going, you know, I didn't like BVS, but then I saw the director's cut or the ultimate edition and I thought, oh, it made it, the movie was so much better. This was good. And I'm like, but that shouldn't be it. The director's cut should not be a better movie than what came out. It, it The movie that came out always should feel like a cohesive story. When you cut stuff, when a movie's like that, it means you just overdid it and then they're like, hey, you know, you really need to cut the runtime on this movie. And then you see- yeah, because nine times out of ten, when you see deleted scenes on like a Blu-ray, there there's scenes that might be cool, might not be cool, but they're usually not necessary. To right. They were just kind of filler things that you really don't need filler for. Exactly. But, I don't know. I but just with think BV- people- but with BVS though, like the you've always felt like you were missing something, and and that was the bad thing. That was the bad thing of of of, right. of doing a three hour movie when in your mind you should not it wasn't, have been doing a three hour movie. It wasn't directed well. Right. That's why the director's cut was better than the original. Like it's it's I don't know. Justice League was fine the way it was for me. That's my opinion. You know, and I don't think seeing some alternate cut of it is like because there was rumors floating around. Oh well, Snyder wanted Superman to be the main villain, and I'm like, even if that's even if that was true. That was just something that they discussed around a table. Right. They didn't film it. <laughs> like, first of all, Warner Brothers is not going to allow Superman to be a villain. Right. Other than that little quick scene in Justice League. And he wasn't even a villain then. Oh, man. But that. Because the rest of the team made sure to remind <laughs> the audience that, oh, he's just confused. Yeah. Like, he's not, you know. But blah, that, blah, that, blah. that look, though, when, uh, on The Flash. When he tried, yeah. to, thought he could beat Superman, and Superman's eyes turn on him, and Flash is like, "Oh fuck!" It's like as soon as he turns on the Flash, you're kind of looking at the Flash. Like, you know what? You, just, you did good in this movie, right? You know, you you can take that with you after your death scene. <laughs> <laughs>
I, no. Good, good, good attempt. But yeah, <laughs> you're gonna die. I mean, I'm happy that this this woman is keeping busy. <laughs> but I I feel it's it's just all for nothing. Yeah, you know, just wasting your time. And when when the Blu-rays drop, we'll, we'll get deleted scenes. And I'm sure I'm sure just to appease the fans, they'll put in a quote unquote director's cut. And they'll just have the deleted scenes. Yeah. You know, so whatever. And then everyone will go, see, I told you. It's like, yeah, you told us. But it's so funny, though. Like, everybody was like, oh, jo- um, Zack Snyder needs to be taken off these movies. They're horrible. They're horrible. Then they he's replaced, not because he, they, you know. Well, you're seeing. And then, you're and seeing... then you see the other side that's like, I want to see the Zack Snyder's because make up your fucking mind. You, this is what you're seeing. Is everyone has made up their mind. But for, since time since time forgotten <laughs> dc fans are have always been split down the middle on their own shit yeah that's true you, you'll have half of them who really love something and the other half think it's a misstep and and you marvel fans seem to be a little bit more universal in i think it's because the tone of marvel isn't doesn't deviate as much right usually you know but even when it does most it, you'll see the same response like when they had um captain america being part of hydra right and then all of a sudden marvel fans looked a lot like dc fans yeah. because they were like half of them were like well let's see where it goes the other half's like fuck this <laughs> right. you know so the problem is dc does that shit all the fucking time yeah you know so it's it's created this fucking ecosystem of just friction and it's always so, hilarious too because like some of their top writers you see most people are like dude i love tom king you know, I love Tom King's run on Batman. It, it's just, it's awesome. I love the way, you know, the stories and shit like that. Then you have that other segment that's like, Tom King's overrated. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? Fuck yourself. <laughs> like, you know what? Can't make any of you fucking happy. I'm <laughs> sick of it. Speaking of divisive fans these days, which is kind of odd coming from Star Wars, um, despite its box office success domestically and in other territories, Star Wars The Last Jedi is not off to a good start at the box office in China. And I will remind that this is relevant, being that China is the second biggest movie market in the world, soon to be the first, right. if, if it keeps going. Um, the Hollywood Reporter explains, much like the previous two Star Wars films, The Last Jedi, which debuted in China on Friday, before the 5th, there you go, um, <laughs> is underperforming in its opening week. The movie only earned 560,000 USD in midnight previews, which places it well behind uh, fellow under underperformer Star Wars The Force Awakens and its 2.5 million USD opening two years ago. The Last Jedi is also currently being beat by a local comedy, The X-File 3, Return of the X's. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like somebody's uh, divorce hearing. <laughs> emphasis on local comedy. I never heard of that fucking movie. Um, which, despite appearing on fewer screens, has still made approximately 11.6 million USD compared to The Last Jedi's current five. Domestically, Star Wars The Last Jedi took the number one spot for highest grossing film of 2017 and has already passed 1 billion in worldwide sales. China is no stranger to the Star Wars franchise, but even The Force Awakens only managed to rank 13th for the year in that territory. With 124 million USD compared to its record-breaking number one success in North America, Rogue One represented a down downward trend from The Force Awakens. Well, having 
come in as the 35th highest grossing film last year in China, despite, again, its number one success domestically and abroad. So, why? Well, one of the things that I've, I've, I've heard, and, uh, and I'm not talking about, like, heard from the internet. I'm actually talking about hearing from, hearing from people that, you know, are in the industry. It's simply because the Star Wars movies are too talky. Um, I yeah, and, that makes sense. And when, they like China likes when things go boom. Yeah, you I'm know, not when, trying to say they're dumb. They just they like that kind because of there's a tra- there's a translation. And when you're right. dealing with like Star Wars, you know that's you're talking about the Force and you're talking about all of this it's stuff. very it's, ideologies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's hard to translate that from English to, to Chinese, right? And as you can see, even through the Force Awakens and all that, the Star Wars films haven't been a huge. Uh, a huge deal over there but movies like justice league did justice league did great business over there you know comic book movies do amazingly well big those big tentpole movies do because you can still follow it and that's and that's really what it comes down do you to think, something i just thought of like uh i know a lot of people love star wars because of the force and the and the almost religious um kind of uh world that star wars has brought up and stuff like that you think china kind of doesn't like it because compared to chinese mythology it's simple as fuck that's possible like it's, it's you know what i mean because china has like what two thousand levels of chi when you when you when you think about that yeah you, when you think about i mean all of the the force is all based off of eastern mythology like yeah. i'm not saying that they're they're going in there with that saying this is too simple for me i just think as a culture they're used to a certain level of complexity when it comes to mythology. Yeah. And it so the what's in Star Wars is not wowing. Right. And if you if you yeah. look at the way particularly Rogue One and the and uh, Last Jedi, they're very talky. And I yeah. that I don't think it it's just it's not the kind of fair that, you know, that, that that they like from us. And it's because, you know, most countries they love our big our big budget shit. The Harry Potters, the the Transformers, the you know the Star Trek, the the uh, comic book movies, they love those because it's it's spectacles for them. Well, they also like when bigger names are attached to it as well. Yeah, um, some of the old, some of the more like super popular here in the '90s, right? But they're still acting. They're still big actors, but they're not. Um, they're not like the new people, the new kids on the block. Yeah, you well, know when you I mean? when you think about it too, like when you have movies like. The Force Awakens, or you know, Last Jedi, and then you see their movies that have their mythology. Like that shit is level upon level yeah. higher than than. than Remember Crouching at. Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Oh, that movie yeah, was dude. on some other shit. Dude. Well, it was like that, and like that. Uh, a, a lot of like uh, Jet Li's, like Once Upon a Time in China, and you know all of that stuff. You know all of that like yeah. mystical or spiritual kind of stuff. You know, it's like. It, it's kind of it almost in a way it's kind of like china looking at us and going oh that's kind of cute you know <laughs> right <laughs> just turn it into coco and every, turn it into an anime then everybody will watch it i just think i think um star wars because because i think here in the states we view star wars as in that same genre it's an action you know a lot of people like yeah there's star wars is, is sci-fi action you know but to them they're not I don't know. I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head with the talky thing. Because Star Wars is very talky. Yeah. 
Like they, they're constantly chit-chatting with each other. The action scenes, if you really think about it, there isn't that much action in Star Wars. No, it's just when there is, it's right. a big fucking thing. <laughs> right. And when you, particularly with The Last Jedi, there are set pieces. But in between yeah. that, there's just like, there's a lot going on that you kind of have to watch and, and kind of listen to. Because there is a lot of ideology, particularly in The Last Jedi. So, you know, I mean, that, that could be a reason for it. And it just might not be their cup of tea. But I like how you put in that there's full of Trekkies. <laughs> right. China's officially Trekkies. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, the, the Star Trek movies, I think, did well there. Yeah, they're also they were also co-financed by you know, um, overseas. So and it's also but but Star Trek, this the newer Star Trek, yeah, are are faster. Yeah, there's it's constantly moving. Yeah, like the older ones are more like Star Wars in pacing. Yeah, like they stop and talk for twenty minutes right. and stuff like that. Well, that's you because know, so. that's because at that time it was the U.S. market it was the biggest market. But now, right. but now, you know, internationally, that's what they're looking at. So now the movies have got to kind of go to that that fair too. Speaking of which, um, Stars Encore uh, has been running nine of the ten Star Trek movies in marathon form. So it's all everything from Star Trek: The Motion Picture all the way up to Insurrection. So, nice. so it's like every time I'm like, "Fuck, I can't find anything on TV." Oh, Star Trek Six is on. Oh, First Contact's on. You know, so it's like <laughs> watching those, and then I watch Insurrection a little more than I should have, but you know, but it's whatever. Insurrection has its moments. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not the best. No, I mean the Mambo Picard is a little like where I'm like, "Oh, stop, stop what you're doing." What about that cowboy singing? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> It was a video I came across. My mother actually shared that with me. That's funny. Um, it was Patrick Stewart singing country music. I don't know where it's from. I know it's recent, <laughs> and I know it's amazing. <laughs> and so. and and we know we need we need more country music. You know, Picard in our lives. That beautiful voice is what it was too. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, moving on into some gaming news. Uh, Microsoft has officially killed off the connect microsoft stopped manufacturing connects back in october but the country once vaulted camera sensor has suffered one final death today as microsoft confirms to polygon that it's discontinued production of the connect adapter making it practically impossible for the new xbox one and uh, xbox one s and x owners who already own the adapter to or to uh, who don't already own the adapter to their consoles the adapter is only used on making the connect with a windows 10 pc microsoft originally offered the dongle to xbox one s owners for free as a way to allow them to continue using the connect with the newer version of the console before later charging 39.99 for the adapter after the product per promotion ended in a statement to polygon a microsoft spokesman commented that quote after careful consideration, we decided to stop manufacturing the Xbox Connect adapter to focus attention on launching new, higher fan-requested game accessories across Xbox One and Windows 10. Uh, the Connect adapter is already out of stock in, most ev in almost every major retailer, leaving users still hoping to use 
connect at a mercy of a second mar um, second hand market where the adapter runs between 150 and 300 dollars making it an incredibly expensive proposition for anyone hoping to pick up a connect and let's be honest if you haven't picked up a connect by now most likely you never are right you know i mean that's just it's like come on like i was thinking of picking one up just for skype but then i'm like i could just buy a fucking web camera yeah call it a day well i mean yeah that's what they're i mean that's the thing nowadays it's like you know they're designed that you can just pop in a webcam so there's no need for a connect mm -hmm. i feel sorry for those people that when they go oh yeah with the xbox one you're going to be able to use the connect and everything will be cool and they're like yeah cool we'll make some games for it and then they're like oh yeah by the way we're not going to do it anymore yeah because the connect did have a a bit of a following you know yeah. like it was, especially with kids the young kids, because I remember when it came out with 360. Yeah, I bought the Xbox 360 with the Kinect, and my kids were playing the fucking sports games and shit. Right. But just like the Wii, it got boring. Like, yeah. And then also the original. I think the original Kinect left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths too, because it was constantly fucking up. Yeah. And I was like, oh well. I remember. I remember this FAQ because it was it was constantly losing where one of my kids was. And says, well, it will do that if there's a lot of kids in the room. And my wife goes, oh, well, we have a lot of kids. I guess that's kind of strange. And I go, wait a minute. So no one ever has their friends over to play video games? Right, right. Well, like, no, because that's, that's what multiplayer is for. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't play on the Kinect. No one ever goes over at someone's house to play games anymore. Yeah. I remember when that was the fucking shit. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going over to homie's house today. He just got that new Street Fighter. We better see what's up. Well, I remember when yeah. you used to buy those expansion ports that, you know, like the PlayStation 2 or the original Xbox that you plugged in and then you one plug turned into four outlets for the mm -hmm. controllers. Yeah. Get that four tap out. We'll show you what's, what's good. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you had a Nintendo 64 which or, or a Dream uh, uh, GameCube. No, the, N64. the N64 and the GameCube, they all had the four ports. Built oh, in. then the dream, the Dreamcast, I think too. Did it? Uh, oh yeah, I think it did. Oh, we're about to find out. <laughs> yep, it did. It did. Four ports. Head of its time. Yep. So, the Nintendo Switch is now the fastest-selling game console of all time in the United States. In the ten months since the Switch was launched on March third, two thousand seventeen, Nintendo has sold four point eight million units in the U.S. alone. That's 800,000 more units than the Wii managed in the same time frame. The aforementioned Wii is the previous record holder, so the latest Nintendo console has beaten the last, but one Nintendo console to second place. Okay. Okay, uh, make use of. Getting a little clever with the fucking thing. <laughs> Which tells us that A, Nintendo fans don't waste any time, and B, if you can beat the Wii for sales, the Switch must be doing better, or must be doing well. The Wii came, Wii U saw, Switch conquered. Oh, why am I reading the fucking headline? <laughs> Nintendo has had a tough few years. The Wii did extremely well thanks to its innovation, innovative motion control. Then, then came the Wii U, which failed spectacularly. In October 2016, Nintendo unveiled Switch, and re reactions were positive. It was released in March 2017 and exceeded expectations. Now, 10 months on, and with the holiday behind us, Nintendo has announced that the Switch is the fastest-selling game console of all time in the U.S. The original Wii sold 4 million units in 10 months, but the Switch has achieved incredible 4 points. I don't know why they do Like, 
I like I look. <laughs> I'm gonna deviate a little bit. I like makeuseof.com. Great website. They do something sometimes that others do too. When they when they the news doesn't lend to a long article, they keep oh, yeah. repeating themselves. Yeah, or they or they bring you all the other news that fills in on it. Right, and it's like whatever. <laughs> but I'm gonna skip. According to N- Nintendo, more than sixty percent of Switch owners have bought Super Mario Odyssey, while more than fifty-five percent own the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Splatoon 2 also have higher attach rates at 50% and 20% respectively. Reggie Phil's MA, Nintendo of America's president, said, fans across the country have experienced the joy of playing their favorite games at home or on the go. Now that many more people have received Nintendo Switch systems for the holidays, we look forward to bringing them fun new surprises in 2018. Um, But do they, though? They claim that the Switch is... (laughs) The Switch is the perfect Nintendo console. It can be played at home or on the go, is powerful enough to support some solid ports, and is made for the type of fun, cartoonish games Nintendo is famous for. All we need now is a price cut. I agree with that. Um, You know what? I'm actually okay with the price of the console. It's the peripherals that need to come right. down a little bit. The price of the console's okay, although I still... I mean, that's not bad. 300's good, but... 300 is good when it's brand new. I, I expect to see a price cut at least 50 bucks this year. Probably closer to the holiday. Um, when sales start to slow down. There's no there's no reason to do a price cut when it's the fastest selling console of all time. Right. You know, fuck, that would just be dumb. Um, and they also, a few more games on the list too. But yeah, the, the fucking controllers. Even the Wii U shit's still expensive. Because I was telling Steve um, that the price of the Wii U's been dipping. Uh, on GameStop, like you can pick one up right now, and it's a bundle with two games for like one forty. And um, I'm like, if that shit drops to a hundred, I might pick one up, you know, because fuck it, it's got a bunch of games on it, so why not? Um, but the uh, I forgot where the fuck I was going with this. The only thing, the only thing is, oh yeah, the controllers for the Wii U are still like fifty bucks. So the 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 only thing is, I played. I played a Switch for like a week because a friend of mine let me borrow it. And once the, oh my God, I'm playing a Switch wore off, I, I kind of just put it away. Yeah. Like, I, I the contr- there's a few things I don't like about it. And there's things I really like about it. The mobile thing is dope. Like, I like that you can move it around, but the screen kind of sucks. Like, it's noticeably bad. Now, I'm comparing it with my cell phone. My cell phone is $1,000. You know, unsubsidy. Right. You know, so the screen is a lot better. But I mean, it's it's noticeably. It looks like my fifty dollar Kindle screen. Mm. And then the controllers are too fucking small. I'm sorry. Like I my my thumbs were cramping while I was playing uh, Breath of the Wild. Like they're ridiculously small. Now, obviously, I don't have the size hands as everybody else. You know, but I'm just talking about personal stuff. The games are dope. The Breath of the Wild was cool. I couldn't figure out Splatoon. I don't know why. It just wasn't clicking. <laughs> and the controls are motion. And I don't like motion controls. I didn't like the Wii guy. Big shocker. <laughs> the motion controls are fucking annoying to me. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be waving my hands all over the fucking place. That's because you're lazy. Fuck. That's really what it could I also be. Have shaky, I also have shaky hands, too. So it's, it's hard to be precise. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking character on the screen looks like he's having a seizure. You know? <laughs> 
Um, but I mean, it's still, it's still cool. But I am one of those ones that for the for the mass appeal, I think three hundred is okay. But for me personally, I would like to see a price drop before I scoop one up. Like I was all gung ho for it, and then I borrowed my friends, and I was like, eh, you know, it's still cool, but not that cool. <laughs> And I have an issue with the whole mobile thing too, because I have a bunch of kids. They're gonna break it. Yeah, it's not a if they're gonna break it; it's a when. Right. You know, so if I'm gonna have to replace it, <laughs> I want it to be cheap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, real quick break in here, Robin. The Batmobile won't start. Batman, check the battery. Robin, what's a Terry? Bat. What? Check the battery. What's a Terry? Oh. I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was still thinking about the Nintendo. I was like, what, what's happening? <laughs> All right. Moving on into comic news. Well, it's finally happened. Brian Michael Bendis is officially part of the DC family. And uh, he tweeted on January 2nd that he is reporting for duty. But, uh, you know, we still have to see what's being planned for him for DC. But at the, um, at the same time, he's not fully DC because he still has um, his final issue of Invincible Iron Man number 600 to come out. Uh, he's closing out stories for Miles Morales in both Spider-Man series and the aftermath dealing with Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2. And he also was going to wrap up both The Defenders and Jessica Jones, uh, where it leads into a female writer that will be taking over. Um, and... It's expected to be in March with scheduled issue 18. Bendis has written more than um, for Marvel more than 17 years and debuted The Ultimate Spider-Man in 2000. Invincible Iron Man 598 is scheduled for release in March, meaning 600 is likely to be released in May. And uh, the reason for the late um, for the combo move is because, you know, as he says, December wasn't his friend. He faced that... Uh, MSR, um, MRSA um, bout that he had that, uh, according to him, nearly nearly cost him his life back in December. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, seems to be getting better and is ready to take on uh, ready to take on uh, DC. There are some rumors, and I, if this is true, I'm going to be very disappointed because I feel it's kind of a waste. He could be taking on Plastic Man. It won't be a waste if he revitalizes character yeah I'm, I'm just saying i mean i it's one of those where i was like i really wanted to see him take over justice league because that because here's the thing that comic needs if, a help if there was any time for plastic man to make a comeback it's now because no one gives a fuck about mr fantastic right now. that's true i'm just saying and marvel is working on you, you you see it kind of happening that they're planning the return of the fantastic four so you know yeah, and just like all the other returns of the Fantastic Four, nobody cares. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they've done too much damage to that fucking team, comic and movie wise. Oh, movie wise, yeah, forget about it. Comic wise, even the comic. Man? I mean, I don't know if they get. It hasn't been bad. It's just been stale. Yeah, if they just get rid of every all that access and just devote itself to the team. Yeah, because it was getting a little ridiculous. Yeah, like the time that um Spider Man joined or something, and right. there was like eighteen, all these aliens and shit. Yeah, like, is this the X Men now? Yeah, like, I know. It's like if if we get rid, I mean, I understand you have the kids, and if you have the kids, more of a peripheral, and not actually part of the team. But if you go back with the main team, I think that could help. Kill those kids off. Here. <laughs> shit. 
<laughs> Fuck those kids. From spoken for like a true father. That's right. <laughs> spoken like a DC fan. Just kill them <laughs> Just off. Just kill them off. So, speaking of Marvel Comics, just recently revealed that Domino, who the star of a new ongoing comic book series by fan favorite writer Gail Simone, who is finally somebody big that's going to be writing something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, check out check out the cover to Domino number one. So if you go in the show notes, you'll see the cover, and, and she looks cute. It's drawn in a very Marvel way. Right. It looks good. Um. Marvel told IGN that the artist for the series will be announced in the coming weeks. Domino is a mutant mercenary with powers that manipulate probability, um, essentially allowing her to give herself good luck and her enemies bad luck. By the way, Domino is one of the dopest fucking ideas for a character. Like, can manipulate the powers of probability? Like, that's some original thinking. (laughs) Like, that's just fucking cool. Um, She has long been associated with Cable and and Militant X-Force. She's currently featured in the Weapon X ongoing series alongside the likes of Wolverine, Lady Deathstrike, and Sabretooth. Simone is best known for her work on DC's Bird of Prey, Secret Six, Batman, and Wonder Woman, as well as Deadpool for Marvel. Speaking of Deadpool, it's likely no coincidence that Domino is receiving a new comic series just as the character is about to make her live-action debut in Deadpool 2 out June 1st. It wouldn't be a surprise if Deadpool makes an appearance in the Domino comic as hinted at when Simone responded to a fan's question on Twitter about the book's reveal. And in a tweet tweet, it says, oh man, I asked for all my favorite Marvel characters to appear and they are. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. So this is cool. And I've read, I've, uh, Gail Simone did very well on Wonder Woman. I, I, I didn't read um, Birds Prey or Secret Six, but or Batgirl, <laughs> but um, her run on Wonder Woman um, was good. I can't remember exactly what the run was, but I remember I enjoyed it. So good, you know. We and in the comments section, she's very happy too. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's good, you know, especially now that the the comic writer the comics are starting to pair up female characters with actual female writers. You know, it's nice to have that little, you know, which that new I, viewpoint. I, I understand, like, in my whole take on this, I was actually talking to somebody uh, at work about this. I We were talking about Wonder Woman having um, a female director. I said, I think that's great because you do get that female perspective and stuff. But I also don't think it's impossible for a man to write a movie about a woman or a woman to write a movie about a man. We're not that fucking different. No. You know what no, I mean? No, but it, it does allow for to, to kind of cut out the same tropes, you know. That Well, yeah, 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 of course. I just think, listen, okay, I'm just saying, based on how society is now, yes, it is very good to have a female write for a female or female direct a female or whatever. Because I think 40, if we're going to break it up mathematically, I'm doing this off the cuff, 40% of having a female director is good for the story, it's good for the perspective and stuff like that. And that's just the way it is now. 60% of it is good so people don't get pissed off. <laughs> so I'm just speaking like Warner Brothers right now. I ain't even worried about the quality of the art. Just saying. Well, hey, just so you know, you know, Joss Whedon's attached to Batgirl, but Lindsay Lohan says she wants to play Batgirl. Is Lindsay, why is Lindsay Lohan so alive? 
Um, I wouldn't anymore. <laughs> uh, so pre Herbie the Love Bug, though. <laughs> so going on into technology news, the, for the longest time, Apple and their users have always condescendingly looked down over mobile <laughs> providers, citing that Apple takes care of their customers and that everyone else is part of the evil empire. What Apple users don't realize since the iPhone's launch in 2007, they become part of the evil empire. Aside, you know who tells you know who tells you, you know who tells you the other guy's evil, the evil guy. Of course, I'm not as evil as that guy. That's usually it. Aside from forcing users to to their user interface dongles or ever changing peripherals, it seems that it has finally come to a head with their conspiratorial theories that Apple slows down their devices. After being found out, Apple admitted that it slows down ba- the batteries of older devices, not for the sake of increasing the amount of people that upgrade to their latest devices, according to Apple. They do so for the sake of performance. Quote, oh. yeah, quote, the power management works by looking at the combination of the device temperature, battery stage of charge, and the battery's impede, um, impedance. Only if these variables require it, iOS will dramatically manage the maximum power of some system components such as CPU and GPU in order to prevent unexpected shutdowns. The f- iPhone 6, 6S, SE, and 7 have much slower peak performances as they get older and their batteries aren't able to to provide as much power to their processor. What makes it worse is that Apple didn't come forward with the announcement and only came to light after Geekbench revealed it in a post. Now the slowdown would would affect things like iPhones with older batteries may also more aggressively dim their screens, have lower maximum speaker volumes, and even have their camera flashes disabled when the system needs more pow- more peak power than the battery can provide. But other core features like self, um, cell radio, GPS, and camera quality aren't affected, Apple says. The, the whole approach actually is quite clever, but the cleverness isn't a great substitute for speed. Apple later, after bad press and multiple lawsuits, have issued a letter of apologizing for the quote-unquote misunderstanding surrounding the older iPhones. Quote, we know that some of you feel Apple has let you down. The company says, we apologize. And this post that I wrote actually has been updated. Right now, it was originally set to start later this month, but instead, the day after everybody kind of bitched about it, Apple has agreed to start battery replacements for iPhone 6 or later for $29, which is a discount of $50. It also fl- yeah, it also flies in the face of what Apple said nearly 10 years ago that the iPhone users would never have to replace a battery. Android Android users never really dealt with this issue as they had the ability to change out batteries. But this is it doesn't even matter. This is an example of Apple saying things that are just wildly inaccurate. Yeah. We don't as a species have a technology of battery that never needs to be replaced. Right. So fuck you. <laughs> a Samsung, fuck you, Apple. A Samsung once a Samsung employee once told me that a batteries are designed to last eighteen months. I used to pick up extra batteries, so I would never have to search for an outlet like iPhone users did. Unfortunately, right. with the last few years, many, if not all, manufacturers stopped using these interchangeable batteries, especially after serious damage could occur, occur by using third-party batteries. Apple will not let uh, will not lose 
any users, but their confidence will be shaken. Primarily if you, if for people that use iPhones until they cease to work, for those that constantly upgrade their devices with each new iPhone, it won't shake the, that core group. An issue like this will impact them like the Note 7 impacted Samsung, hardly at all. The issue that I have is that Apple tried to label it as a feature rather than what it is, a flaw. This is the thing, man. Uh, Steve Jobs isn't around anymore to mm -hmm. smear Vaseline on the fucking lens. Yeah. And it's slowly getting cleaned off. Yeah. I've I actually seen a lot of people at work, um, and I uh, they they've been switching over to not not just Samsung, but just switching over to something different. Yeah. I mean, there's and a lot of good was, phones um, out there. Yeah, there is. The LG's making some that, great that's ones. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, LG. Um, the V. I think it's LG V20. Yeah. I almost got that one. I was like, that's pretty dope. Um, but even the Motorola line is all right. Yeah. You know, if you want to be on mid range, <laughs> a mid range phone, they're pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I was talking, I went with a friend of mine to go get a phone and she got an iPhone. She's a fucking idiot. And she's <laughs> such, she's such a hustle. Cause she's like, what's what, what iPhone? But Oh, the iPhone X. She's like, I don't want the iPhone X. What, what's this one? She goes the seven. She's like, that's fine. Yeah. Like it, it works just as well as the other one. Right. And then um, I was talking to the guy, and he goes, he goes, yeah. Uh, I was like, so what's up? You you selling out of iPhones since the new ones? He's like, no, not this time. Yeah. He says it's it. We sell them. It's a popular phone, but it's it's slowly becoming less and less desirable. Well, yeah, because all you need to do is buy an old um, Samsung. You know, a Samsung what six, and then you have an iPhone. Yeah, and then also too. And I, I I realized something. A lot more people are getting last generation's iPhone. Yeah, because they're cheaper. Because people and people are starting to figure difference. out. Yeah. Exactly. People are starting to figure out the technology's progressed so much that it's difficult for any phone company to make giant leaps forward yeah. each generation. So people are starting to go, that's not enough. I can save hundreds of dollars and just get this one. Right. So they really the people who only get the new ones are either people who don't know any better. Or people who want to be trendy. Well, like, for me, the only reason I get a new phone every year is because that's the way... Because I had I signed up for that because I had an iPhone 6. And I hated it, paid it off really quickly. But at the time when I upgraded, I was upgrading back to a Samsung, and that was the 7. And they said, oh, well, we have a special promo. If you, sign, if you switch over to um, Samsung, you will be... You will get an up eat free upgrade every year so for me at this point it's like well then why the fuck not <laughs> you know if you have right. if you have it then do it if not fucking cares if you're if you're forcing and something like, yeah or you're buying outright yeah, buy the fucking last generation that's not that much different i bought i got this new phone but i'm gonna i'm gonna ride it till the wheels fall off yeah what do you got two years i yeah yeah and that and and in two years there might be you know, usually, usually after two years, there's a significant, uh, um, I shouldn't say significant. I should say probably sufficient reason to upgrade. With, yeah. With, the reason is your battery starts wearing out. Well, aside from that, that's aside from that, cause some, you know, deep, you know, a lot of times the processor is, is newer in two years. And then, so, you know, things are a little faster. Sometimes it's, it's better. It, it's uh, at that point. But like if like even when even when Samsung comes out, I go if you have if you don't need an upgrade, like if you're not eligible for an upgrade, wait, 
you don't need it. it like in a year it's not going to make a difference i have a fr- i have the upgrade so it's like all right sure fine i'll do it well the problem is too is we're getting to the point where they're running out of things to do on phones that make sense like a lot of these things like that push the boundaries of your phone most people don't want to do on their phone yeah you know so it we're getting to that point where we're starting to see a slowdown in desirability of needing something new right you know, I don't think the screens can get much better. When you have a fucking five inch 4K, it's not even necessary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like until you actually watch, and then you go, "How did I not live? How did I live without no, this?" No, I have. <laughs> I t- I turned mine up to 4K, and then I turned it down to save battery. <laughs> it's not that much fucking of a big deal. Yeah. You know, so party pooper. No, what what really bothers? Sorry for being logical and making sense. <laughs> But the uh, but the thing is, is that what bothers me most about this is that they are willing to replace the batteries with newer batteries, but for twenty nine dollars, it's like you fucked this one up. Like this is your why are you still charging people thirty bucks to replace the fucking battery? I got two broken phones right here. So I'm fucking fix these. Because it's like it's like no, it's you you apologize, but why are you still charging Apple users to to do that? You should be saying, hey, you know what? these batch of phones okay we fucked up we're gonna replace the batteries oh but um but yeah we can't do that because that would be a lot of money because they don't have to they make enough money off people who don't know any better they don't have to do shit that is one big problem for samsung is the majority of people who have android phones know better yeah They, they they that whole thing that happened with the note that's why it was such a big deal because you have people who actually have more than two fucking brain cells when they think about their cell phone. Right. And they're like, wait a minute. Like, I can get it. I, you know, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And then Samsung has to play fucking cleanup. Something happens on Apple. And everyone's like, oh, Apple, please solve it. Yeah. And then, they, and then they're like, oh, my God, Apple's the greatest company. They fixed the problem that they created. Yeah. Well, it's, like, funny because, it's funny because I shared a video on our, on our Lazy Geeks Facebook page that actually um, it was from CNET, believe it or not. And it was all the fuck ups Apple did in the in two thousand. Oh, CNET's been CNET's been slowly changing their tune. Yeah, I, it's really weird. Yeah, because they actually had a video of a guy who um who had all the fuck ups Apple did in two thousand seventeen, and I was like, and I found I was like, oh, it's kind of interesting. And there were there, I was actually surprised there were quite a lot. There are some that I vaguely remembered, and I thought, oh, that was last year. I kind of thought it was earlier. <laughs> well, I just got a, a a new phone for my wife. Uh, oldest daughter and um my oldest daughter's 18 so i was like i'm gonna get her something nice so she wanted an iphone i tried to explain i got her an her iphone calmly. 4 i got an right. iphone 3g <laughs> i tried to i tried to explain to her like you know your mother and i both getting samsung phones. you don't necessarily have to get a samsung phone but android's got nicer phones out you know and, and blah 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 and nope apple 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 because she's still young enough you know yeah I'm like okay that's your choice so i got her an iphone 7s because fucking 8 and fucking X. Yeah. It ain't happening. You know, 7S is a great phone. It's no, there, It is a good phone. You know, so it's like whatever. So she gets it. And I can't remember what it was. It was two times in a row where she saw me doing something on my phone. And she's like, oh, can my phone do that? And I go, no. Yeah. And she's like, well, this is supposed to be an iPhone. And I'm like, uh-huh. Keep sipping that Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I told you to do Tell your Jim research. Jones what's up. <laughs> And I, you know what I told her too? It was so funny. She's 18 now. Right. So I go, 
I go, um, I told you to do your research and I'm going to tell you this now that you're an adult. You're so busy riding Apple's dick that you don't fucking pay attention to anything. <laughs> and she was like, I can't believe you just said that to me. <laughs> I was like, it's true. What was it like in Doctor Who? <laughs> Where she's like, "You uh, young lady, if I hear language like that, I'm going to smack your bottom. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and then they're both just standing there like, please, we'll never talk about this again. Oh, we will be talking about this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next company that fucked up. Um, <laughs> Jesus. A, sec- a security flaw in Intel processors has led to a redesign of Linux and Windows kernels. Um, programmers, well, what about Windows or Mac? Mac isn't redesigning their kernels? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, this um, is apparently this. Uh, you're talking about the um, uh, the meltdown and the other one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, I heard that it affects all Macs. Of course. Well, the, all Macs use the same processor. Yeah, it's like, because it, Apple's... They Apple have no finally, diversity. Apple finally admitted that it's all Macs. <laughs> yeah, because they have Z... I already knew that. Like, I was talking to... um, I was talking to someone about this, and they were like, oh, well, I have a Mac. Will I be affected? And I said, um, well, yeah, they run Intel chips. They don't... They haven't used PowerPC chips in a long time. And they go, oh, I wonder if I have the chip. I said, well, just find out if it affects one Mac. And right. she goes, any? And I go, yeah, any. And it will affect yours. They all use the same fucking chip. Yeah. There's no diversity in that fucking hardware. Anyway, we're not trying to bash Apple here. We're trying to bash Intel. But fuck Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Programmers have been busy for the past two months patching the Linux kernel's virtual memory system to protect against a hardware bug in Intel CPUs that could let attackers exploit security weaknesses and access security keys, passwords, and file catches. Uh, from a disk, the register reports that software updates are required for both Windows and Linux systems, and performance of a machine will be affected. Reports suggest information around the specific bug has been kept confidential between software and hardware vendors, and patches for the Linux kernel include comments that have been redacted to prevent attackers discovering the precise weakness. You know it's a bad one when, yeah. when they're like, oh, we can't tell you what the problem is. Um, the security bug could be present on Intel processors manufactured over the past 10 years, meaning many systems will require updates. Even businesses I was reading, too. I'm like, oh, fuck, yep. dude. The exact bug is related to the way uh, that regular apps and programs can discover the contents of protect, of protect kernel memory areas. Kernels and operating systems have complete control over the entire system and connect applications to the processor memory and other hardware inside there appears to be a flaw in Intel's processor that lets attackers bypass kernel access protection so that regular apps can read the content of the kernel memory, which is very bad. Hmm. Um, to protect against this, Linux programmers have been separating the kernel's memory away from user processes in what's being called the kernel page table isolation. Yeah, Linux is way ahead of the curve right now, um, but that's because they're open source. Yeah. So there's a whole, and I'm not saying it's superior, it's just because there's a whole community around it and <laughs> someone finds it and then everybody freaks out about it. Right. Um, the, the problem with this isolation is that some programmers are reporting performance hits after systems are patched. The register reports that the slowdowns could be between 5 and 30% depending on the exact Intel processor. While Linux patches have been rolling out over the past month, a Windows 10 patch is not yet available. Some are speculating that Microsoft will deliver this in an upcoming patch Tuesday as the company started separating the NT kernel memory with Windows 10 beta builds in November. We have nothing to share at this time. 
end quote. It says a Microsoft <laughs> spokesperson in response to a clear query. Succinct. From the yeah, like we ain't got nothing to say. Um, it's still unclear how these pa- and and honestly, let's take a pause in the article real quick. This isn't Microsoft's fault. No, no. you know, so it's and Intel it's not here. Linux's it's fault. Intel. It's not Apple's fault. It's it's a problem that Intel did. So now everyone's scrambling, working with Intel, trying to find a way to fix this. And at the same time, it's also not Apple's fault. You know, because no, I said that. Yeah, it's not. It's not Apple's fault. Right. It is Apple's fault. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Somehow, in the end, um, it is Apple's fault. <laughs> You know whose fault it is? It's a subliminal message. You know whose fault it is? Mm. The Pippin. It's specifically. <laughs> the Pippin. <laughs> it's Atari's fault, no. It's a random company. Right. It's the Food Network's fault right. that this is happening. It's still unclear how these patches will affect regular Windows, Mac. Oh, there we go. They've made an appearance. Yeah. And Linux machines. Apple Insider reports that Apple has already deployed a partial fix for the security bug in Mac OS 10.13.2, which was released last month month citing multiple sources at apple and developer alex lonsku um who publicly identified a code that points to the fix the report says apple has mitigated the flaw by altering existing programming requirements related to the kernel memory data in mac os more changes are expected to come with 10.13.3 soon apple should be working with linux to team up their kernels are probably similar enough that they can share some information, but I know that it's going to happen. Um, still, one researcher speculates that virtual machines and cloud providers will be most affected by the security problem and result resulting performance hits. Microsoft's Azure Cloud will experience maintenance next week, and Amazon Web Services have warned that a big security update is coming on Friday. When was this fucking published? This was last week. January 3rd. Yeah. Yeah, so it's already happened. Um, AMD has... <laughs> right. AMD has confirmed that its own processes are not affected by the security bug. Oh, AMD's fucking so happy right now. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> AMD, pro- here's a quote. AMD processes are not subject to the type of attacks that the kernel page t- table isolation feature protects against. But let me reread that the way um, Tom Ladacki, the AMD engineer, actually said it. AMD processes are not subject to the type of attacks that the kernel page table isolation feature protects against not is also capitalized in italics <laughs> that's right an underline an underline right? amd amd stocks have soared this morning as a result of intel's <laughs> processor flaw intel has not yet publicly commented on the security problem um, they're too busy updates. they're too busy going fuck 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 <laughs> oh i already read um this is this is huge. AMD is pissing themselves right now with Glee. Oh, yeah. They just rolled out the new Ryzen chips, which are tracking wonderfully across the board. And now this happens? <laughs> if they, if, and, and the funny thing is, is this issue is a hardware issue. Yeah. Okay. So the only way Intel can fix this themselves is to come out with a new processor. Yeah. And while that sounds okay, they could do that, but now everyone has to buy that processor. Right. So this problem is only fixed if other people do what they need to do. Yeah. So Intel's just sitting there going, "Oh fuck! Like there's nothing I can do." I have a I have a Skylake Intel chip. Yeah. It's affected. Yeah. Um, Steve's Steve, you have an Intel chip in your computer, don't you? I have an AMD. That see, Steve's safe, motherfucker, safe. <laughs> but my I'll laptop, my laptop has an Intel processor. I'm telling you this as someone. Um, all our phones too. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, it's I, I'm a, I'm a, 
this being someone who builds his own computer, I'm nowhere near uh, replacing my processor at this time, but I'm definitely paying attention to this and seeing how it works out. Um, because if it doesn't work out to my liking, I'll fucking switch to AMD. You know, because I this is silly shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, this is this is stuff. It, it's it's like if AIDS went airborne. Oh shit. In computer terms, that's how bad it yeah. is. Because if you have if you have a virus, right? A virus can only operate on a software level. It, it's not it's it's not something that's really going to affect. It can only go so far. Right. Okay. Um, unless the user's a fucking idiot. So in this case, there's two reasons that, that make this very scary. The Linux people are scared. That's weird. Yeah, that never um, happens. For security risk. Like, the, the, if they're nervous about it, then it's a big issue. And then also, it's something that, it is AIDS, because it 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 does exactly what AIDS does. You can make a virus now. That that goes that can completely walk past your computer's immune system and just give it the finger. Yeah, and they'll just go, "I like that guy." Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's a big deal. It's like an Apple user, <laughs> right? And I, I want them to fix it so they can so they'll release the info of what the problem is. Yeah, because I'm very curious because, to see. Because the um, big thing now is that it's it seems that like Intel is well. It was it's funny because I was going to clarify what you said. I go Intel and. AMD are both pissing themselves. One is out of fear and the other is out of joy. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, AMD because, is loving it. Dude. But the thing is, is that it, it seems that it's it, like Intel has this issue, but it's left up to Microsoft, Linux and Apple to just fix it. Like that's like the best they can do. Let me look. I'm looking at the. I'm actually looking at advanced micro devices, which is AMD. their stock. OK, it's starting to bottom out. But I'm on the five day. So that article is written on the third, right? Right, uh, right before that, the stock was at like 1095. Mm-hmm. And then on the third, it jumps up to 1163 and then just keeps on climbing. Right. Gets to like 12. And then it dipped all of a sudden for some reason. And then it went back up. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not a dramatic, it's not fucking like breaking the ceiling, but it's, um, it, it, it was a substantial increase because yeah. they they usually run pretty steady at like 10 bucks. So kind of dope. Yeah. Oh, what's Intel stock look like? Intel stock. Doesn't even want to tell me. Oh no, it's, <laughs> it goes, it's 44. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it's for, uh, it did dip. Let me look at the five. Oh shit. <laughs> so its high point was $45. And that was January 3rd. Then it went it was 46.83 and then it drops to like 43 and then it just keeps on sliding down until it got to 43.12 and then it started to slowly go up again. So people freaked out. Right. You know, yeah, and, it's and that's the panic. That's the panic, yeah. you know, and it that's almost 10% drop. Like that's significant. That is like when when I say, oh, it went from forty four to forty three. You think it's not a big deal, but it's a pretty big deal for a big company like that. Yeah, because if you you have a lot of people, like especially like the CEOs and stuff like that, who have millions in that. Yeah, they they lose a lot of money when it. Yeah, start working out the percentages of that dollar. Yeah, and you'll start you'll start seeing how it's uh, how significant it is. But I I I am confident that Intel will will sort this out. Um, Intel's always been good with working with their partners. Um, 
to, to fixing anything or getting anything sorted out. And, and I mean, Intel's Intel, you right. know what I mean? They have the resources, but um, it definitely has. And I know probably a lot of other people going, what's AMD doing? Right. You know, and, and um, that's good. Yeah. You know, we need, we need at least two processor companies. Right. Sake. Or it's going to start looking like the cable company. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that brings us to the end of the headlines. So I knew this episode was going to kind of run long because of the fact that we've been gone for like, we haven't recorded and we haven't had a new episode in like two weeks uh, or three weeks, actually. So, you know, uh, we still have our main topic and our main story tonight is gaming addiction. And I'm going to read a little bit from this Ars Technica article and you can follow along in the show notes. Uh, The World Health Organization listed hazardous gaming and gaming disorder as potential problems, quote, due to substance use or addictive behavior, end quote, in a newly proposed draft updated of its widely used international compendium of diseases. The listings set to be finalized this year renew a debate about if and when playing video games can cross the line from casual pastime to a harmful addiction. The draft language suggests a patient with a gaming disorder is one who lets video play, who lets playing video games, quote, take precedence over other life interests and daily activities, end quote, resulting in, quote, negative consequences, end quote, such as, quote, significant impairment of in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of function, end quote. Uh, Such symptoms would normally need to be present for at least 12 months for a diagnosis under the listing and could be uh, indicated even sooner. Hazardous gaming, as defined in the draft document, more generally encompasses game playing that risks the individual uh, increases the risk of harmful physical and mental consequent mental health consequences to the individual or to others around the individual. The argument over whether uh, a certain amount of game playing would be classified as addictive uh, addiction has been ranging for decades or raging for decades. In 2013, the American Psychiatric Association stopped short of listing internet game disorder gaming disorder as a formal diagnosis in the fifth edition of its widely cited diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders but it did list it as a potential disorder in section three calling such preoccupations with online games a new phenomenon that merits more clinical research to determine whether it deserves a full place in the manual Many point to heavily publicized deaths during marathon gaming sessions as obvious evidence that some players can take their relationship with games to an unhealthy extremes. Other argue that this kind of problem gaming is an outgrowth of other mental health issues and that patients might simply be using gaming as a coping mechanism for other undiagnosed problems. These are studies that show playing games could actually reduce addictive tendencies elsewhere in life. Quote, Quite possibly, labeling excessive screen use as an addiction may be a proxy for expressing concerns about the impact disagreements about screen time are having on family dynamics. As a recent UNICEF report about children's access to digital technology put it, careless use of addictive terminology downplays the very real consequence of the behavior for those who are seriously effective, while overstating the risk of harm for those who at times engage in somewhat excessive but ultimately not harmful use of data technology. 
In calling the WHO's proposed definition as junk diagnosis, Stetson University psychology professor Christopher Ferguson argues in a Huffington Post piece that, of course, any fun activity can be overdone, but there's little evidence that suggests video games are more addictive than other behaviors. Gaming disorder is, is indicative of a larger trend in increasing pathologized normative behaviors, whether for moral reasons, because older adults can, um, would prefer kids look at trees and play canasta than video games, or financial, because there's money to be made, or political, how to regulate fit behavior or speech. Similar concerns led to a group of 28 experts in the field, including Ferguson, to write an open letter to the WHO in, doc in 2016, urging them not to let the moral panic surrounding the harm of video gaming lead to the treatment of abundant false positive cases, citing a low quality of current research and lack of consensus on symptoms. The group worries that listing the disorder would cause significant stigma to millions of children and adolescents who play video games as part of a normal, healthy life. I, 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 huh. <laughs> I agree with the last two. I feel that Video game playing video games too much isn't a condition as much as it is a symptom. Right. I, I because think that will that lead to addictive behavior in general. Right. And and I think the word addiction is what where things get muddled. Yeah. When when you say addiction, it, it lumps it in with heroin. Right. Fucking drug you use, know, stuff like alcohol that. use. Those um, are chemical 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 addictions. That's a different situation. I feel people who are addicted to video gaming, and it, it has happened where people play way too many games. They don't fucking get a job. They don't do anything else. All they're doing is playing games. I feel those people are just assholes. <laughs> like they, and and I I don't mean that in a dismissive way. I mean that it, there's there's something. I mean that amiss. they're just assholes. <laughs> That's it's it's a, no it's 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 an old it's an old thing to say, right. but their priorities are out of fucking whack. Right. They they. Exactly what that guy said is they are focused too much on what's pleasurable in life and not on what they actually need to do. Right. And I think to blame video games, and this is the 80s all over again, isn't it? I think to blame video games for that is stupid. Yeah. You, you, it's the same thing. You know what it reminded me of? I remember when you first told me about it, told me we were going to do this because Steve picked this out. and I think it's really good main story choice i said well yeah there is video game addiction and then after i said that i kind of went, yeah but do i even know <laughs> what yeah, like i was like okay and then i started looking into it and stuff like that and it kind of reminded me of when people say so all through the 90s there was this trend where they were putting out food that was low fat right. okay everyone was fat not everyone but there was a lot of people that were fat so we needed to have low fat food science though said otherwise right. it's like no if you we need fat your brain requires fat it's sugar that's killing everybody but no that's not they don't care because sugar can be traded on the open market fat can't right so come come to now and they've changed all that up and you know fat's not the fucking demon child that it was but but something that kind of where i think that correlates is being fat is not the condition it's a symptom right it's a symptom of something else. What 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 is happening that is making you fat? You know, and and there there's 
there can be food addiction, of course, because that's a chemical thing, you know? And I think that to, to rate, if we're going to do this, we could do this with anything. Right. Someone's addicted to skateboarding. Someone's addicted to watching football. Someone's well, yeah. addicted. It's, because, it's yeah, because, ridiculous. Yeah, because when you think about it, when you see like, oh, people, um, extreme sports, you know, they're like, oh, they're an adrenaline junkie. You know, it's an addictive behavior that, you know, like Tom Cruise gets at because he does likes to do his own major stunts. They're like, oh, well, he's an adrenaline junkie. He's addicted to the to the, the thrill. Now, in that same article, there's the other side to uh to uh, Ferguson's claims where he said a group of researchers led by the Nottingham Trent University's Mark Griffin recently noted that even critics of a clinical listing for gaming disorder note that quote some gamers do experience serious problems as a consequence to time spent playing video games and end quote that is not the case they argue uh, if that's not the case they argue how can such an activity <coughs> be seriously problematic yet not a disorder Griffin and his colleagues also point that to the growing body of epidemiological and neuroimaging studies of, on large populations that suggest some similarities between the effect of problem gaming and substance-related addictions on a molecular and neurocircuitry level. While Griffin and his colleagues have acknowledged that there is little consensus on the issue, they argue that listing the disorder would help add consistency to the diagnosis and provide clarity for further research. But see... Like you're like this is it's one of those things that yeah like and and I was the more I was thinking about this and the more I was looking into it I kind of said well yeah gaming addiction is would be similar to because when I I remember when I mentioned it to you you said well yeah what about that guy that died during the um uh what was it that uh he was playing Starcraft right. for like two days straight mm -hmm. and he died at the keyboard right. it was in like Korea right and you know what fine die, he's an asshole die doing what you love okay whatever you know it's all on you dude it, it, it you know but sorry my throat's getting dry um you know when you're when you're dealing with addiction it it, it is based on either one because being an having an addictive personality stems biologically or neurologically however you want whatever however you believe it goes but finding that addiction that you get to is it, it it's like you know like a uh, sex addiction you know there there's people that are they, they're addicted to porn that can't even have a real sexual relationship without watching porn um there's also yeah chemical addiction you know drugs uh um you have uh people that are addicted to racing or gambling or any of those natures gaming would be included in that it, it's one of those of like you know or sp uh, even even monetary um uh, addiction like getting money and then going on shopping sprees you have to buy new shit you know, you know what and it's something i was thinking about and i am in no way a scientist or a fucking doctor but all these but neither things, is dr like, phil so i guess we were, we're right okay <laughs> all these video games and um sex addiction and everything they all have the same effect on the brain right where Pleasure. when you're playing right when you're playing a video game your mind is into the video game you're not really if you when you do something in real life let's say you're studying for an exam and you do and you're you're real nervous you're really anxious about it and you get the you get the test results back you see that you got like an a plus on it you're instantly going to feel gratified. You're going to feel great. You're going to feel like you 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 did something great. That's a chemical reaction in your brain right. because you had a task 
and a positive outcome happens. That chemical reaction is so you do that again. Right. So you keep doing that. That same reaction happens when you fucking beat the last boss in Zelda. <laughs> you know, so that's why, and I know I sound, to a lot of people, I sound like a, like an old man fucking just dismissing a serious issue. But its priorities are out of whack. Yeah. Everyone is chasing that that feel good thing, and you're not addicted. Right. You just you're looking for the easy way out. Yeah. It's easier to play a video game than it is to go to college. Well, the, you know, to to the to the other side of that is this classification of excessive gaming, sex addiction, drug addiction, gambling addiction. You know, it is a subset of a bigger problem. There is an addictive behavior. And what we tend to do is we tend to look at, you know, we tend to demonize the symptom and not the cause. Exactly. And the problem that we're running into is, you know, there's also, it, it's, there's certain areas in video games. If you have video game addiction or porn addiction or, you know, other kinds of addictions that, that tend to, or drug addiction that tend to give you pleasure versus then versus dealing with the reality. Obviously there's a sense of depression that goes on in there, you know, even sleep. You know, it's like you'd rather sleep than actually face the world because, you know, you're trying to escape, you're trying to escape that. that and video gaming would do the same thing. Whether you go in there and to either one, you have that a type personality that just like, oh, I can be the best at this. And then you're just going to go crazy at it. And or you can, you know, um, what was I going with that? Uh, you can play gaming to do that to or to play to escape to like I'd rather be in a video game where I matter or I feel better about myself I can do things and, and achieve things as opposed to life in real life than because I can't or I have these issues and you know you're suffering from depression and you rather do that and escape as opposed to actually dealing with it so there, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different causes but they all can perpetuate in the same thing so because you're diagnosing oh he has a gaming disorder what does that mean? Is he fighting depression? Is he fighting at an addiction purpose? You know, what's the reasoning for it? But, the, but so, but but you can't classify gaming addiction or something like that as it's as as the cause. Like that's not a cause. Here's here's my how I think about it, and I will sound like an asshole by by saying, and I I really I I don't say that people who are addicted to things are are pieces of shit, and they they of course they need help, whatever like but that. But it feels that way. But no, the, the problem is, is with anything, anything uh, that claims claims or is addictive, we go all the way to drugs, to video games, to sex, to porn, to whatever. Everyone is always looking at, well, well, what, what's, what's at fault? What's at fault? It's the person. The person is at fault. It might not be their fault that they're at fault. They're not intentionally trying to ruin their lives. But they are the reason that it is happening. There is some neurological some, something thing in their on. mind yeah. is happening. That's what needs to be fixed. Now we're gonna say video games are an addiction. Everyone's gonna attack video games. Right. That's not gonna fix it's anything. Easier to do that because in our society, exactly. our society is is bent on oh you're not the problem. It's this. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have killed these people if they didn't give you a gun. You but I had this. I had this argument. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say because of the fact that you know it's like oh well you went out and bought this gun. You went out and cased the joint, and then you caused it. Oh, but it's not your fault that you committed the crime because if you didn't have the gun or you didn't have access to to all of this information, you wouldn't have done that. It's like no, you would have. 
because it's there in your mind. But our society loves to um, exonerate people of their crimes and, and, and cause the, the in other essences, the outside force. It's a Twinkie defense. I had a discussion with someone at work about drug addiction. We're specifically talking about heroin because we were talking. He, I guess, used to do heroin when he was younger. And um, we were having a real conversation. You know, and, and we were both being adults and he wanted real answers. And he his claim was if heroin didn't exist, he wouldn't have had an issue. Nah, no. And my rebuttal to that was it's not heroin's fault that you were addicted to heroin. And he goes, of course it was. It's an addictive substance. I said, you weren't addicted to it the first time you put it in your arm. I said, so it is your fault. I said, and I said, I say, this is how I, I, I try to educate my kids too, is that everything bad in your life is somehow your fault. And that's not a bad thing because if you're the one at fault, then you can fix it. If it's an outside source that's at fault, then you, you have relinquished power over it. You, you are now powerless. You, you can't do anything. I'm addicted to video games. It's video games fault. What am I supposed to do? It's not my fault. I pick up the Xbox controller and play Call of Duty for 12 fucking hours. That's what people Actually, are doing. Actually, it is your fault that you're playing Call of Duty. Yeah, well, that's specific. <laughs> um, that's what people do. And that's something I, t- I tell my children. I said, if anything in your life bad happens, it is somehow partially your fault, at least. Because the, and, and the reason that it sounds like an asshole statement because it is no just because uh, it's true <laughs> no because the thing is is that what you're what people are failing to understand and in that particular instance like oh well if i if heroin didn't exist i wouldn't have been addicted no you wouldn't have been addicted to something else you it's, just be it, addicted to fucking coke it's the, yeah, like it would have it switched it would have been different. it would have been something else uh the thing that another issue with that is the fact that it's like the way history works oh well if hitler wasn't around world war ii wouldn't have happened no it would have it just would have it would have come around a different way. So, yeah, Russia would have did it. We've all played fucking Command and Conquer, <laughs> right? Jeez. You know, it's like it's it's one of those things where if it wasn't that, it would have been something. Now, here's here's an outside of that. You get depressed because you lost your job because your company closed on you. That it was out of your control. However, no, no, no. But here's here's my point, real quick. No, but I'm saying that there there are things that are out of your control. But if you get depressed because of that, but it's where you go from there. That's, right. that's really the issue. And that's something um, Steve and I have talked about, about depression and stuff, is that a person getting depressed is natural. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone gets depressed sometimes. Sometimes to different severities, depending on the personality type and stuff like that. But if you, if you, so it's not your fault you're depressed. You're just, you're, you know, everyone has emotions. But if you choose to wallow in that and not seek help, and be in denial about it, that's your fault. It is now your fault. You're right. depressed. Yeah. It's, oh, I, we've said this before. It's not your fault that you have depression. It's your fault how you deal with it. The only pass I give on on something like that is with the younger children. They're not mature enough. They don't They don't understand what's happening. Yeah, they just you know, feel They don't sad. know enough they, about they feel, the world. They just think that, right. right. They feel sad. They don't know why. They can't explain. And that's the parent. That's why they have parents. Their parents are supposed to fix them or get them help or whatever but the and 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 all this i'm saying i'm i am not undermining people who are depressed um there is depressions that are chemically induced there there there's a there's a problem in the brain and stuff like that of course 
you know, it, it's a real depression is a real thing. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not. I'm a Scientologist over here. Depression is a real thing. But if you the help is there. Yeah. You know, and I think any any of these de- exactly what Steve said, any of these addictions, these new age addictions, video games or fucking your cell phone or whatever. Everyone's just chasing the fucking white horse. They're they're just they feel they can't they can't get pleasure out of their actual life. So they're escaping something else. And you know what? Even perfectly healthy people, I play video games. I get enjoyment from it. The same chemical reactions going on in my head. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but but I also wake people... up in the morning and go to fucking work. Yeah, but very few people <laughs> actually orgasm when they when they accomplish something in civilization. Oh, yeah. Listen, I won a scientific victory the other day, and I damn near passed out. Um, no, it's it's exactly what we're saying. I think Steve and I are on the same page with this. It, and we stop we blaming. The I don't symptom. think we were when we started, but the more we actually looked at it and really kind of looked beyond well that was more that was more my fault because i was being rather dismissive well in the on, beginning. On, my, on my end too i was being more of like a, oh here we go we're dealing with this shit again but it, it's the more i i was looking at it the more i'm like going you know what this is just yeah the chasing the unicorn um the gaming industry also had a response to this and apparently they don't agree so quote Shock. Yeah, I know. What a, what a shock, you know. Just like avid sports fans and consumers of all form of engaging entertainment, gamers are passionate and dedicated with their time. The ESA, that's the Entertainment Software Association, said in a statement, the World Health Organization knows that common sense and objective research prove video games are not addictive, and putting that official label on them recklessly trivializes real mental health issues like depression and social anxiety disorders, which deserve treatment and the full attention of the medical community. We strongly encourage the WHO to reverse this um, direction on its proposed action. And in which case, it's kind of the same thing that we said. And we're not sitting there saying like, oh, we we back the video games because we play video games. And the thing is, is that I don't play them all the time. And sometimes when I do, I'll play them for a few hours and then I walk away from it, you know, and the, 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 the idea of being like, oh, well, if you give that first kid alcohol, he's going to become an alcoholic. No, because they're because it's a genetic it's a genetic issue. My family has a history of addiction. You know, uh, mostly it's been an addiction to alcohol. And for me, I haven't had, like for me, I have the opposite reaction to alcohol. I can drink once in a while and then I black out and then I wake up naked with my keys on my ass. But, you know, hey. and, and, but at that point, I don't think it's an addiction. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't have a problem. I, I can stop I can anytime. Stop anytime. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but, you know, and, and in this instance, I think sometimes it manifests itself in different ways you know and, and you know it you know where it manifests itself for steve <laughs> is is um perfectionist <laughs> we'll have conversations about the podcast and it, it i'll think the conversation ended 15 minutes and it's two hours later and we're still talking about if it should come out at 1251 <laughs> or 1252 and i'm like dude i don't fucking care how about that <laughs> but everybody has their thing right Steve is a perfectionist. He likes to plan everything and make sure that's fine. That's probably why this podcast is still going on, (laughs) you know, but everybody has their thing. And I I think that's another point too. But if I didn't, if I didn't plan it, we probably wouldn't be doing this. Exactly. Cause that is not my thing. (laughs) Um, I, I think another point here too is, is the gray area that happens with when do you know this person's addicted? Now the dude gave the, the, um, 
the example of when it hinders them from doing what they're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Okay. So let's say there's a guy, he works a nine to five, Monday through Friday, has his own place, has his own car, everything. He's single, you know, whatever. He goes to work every day on time, does his job perfectly fine. And then all weekend, he just sits in his house and plays video games. Is he addicted or is he just a man choosing how to spend his own time? Right. And there's, you know, there's also and, the other, the, the biggest thing that most people tend to say is, can you function without it? Can you? Right. You know, that's, that's a big key yeah, of, like, of it's addiction. The, it's a thing of, uh, it's a thing of uh, somebody that has to have a drink, has to have a drink every night. You know, it's like, do you have to have a drink or can you actually go a night without a drink? You know, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, like in, I, I, all I, gene- need, I need is, I need one drink. I mean, it's a full bottle, but you know, it's, it's, right. it's a drink. I need one drink. I drink it in a keg, but no, like, um, I, speaking I, of, I drink, I, I drink a 40 through a straw, you know, it's like, <laughs> speaking of genetics, I, I, alcoholism definitely run, runs in my family a few generations back. Um, well, you're Irish. I mean, yeah, potatoes you know. should really just be, but the thing, well, the funny thing is I was reading an article on Irish and the Irish have drank so much alcohol <laughs> over thousands of years and not because they were partying all the time it's because the water was filthy <laughs> thousands of years ago and they used to clean it with alcohol like <laughs> the, the alcohol was healthier than the water but remember what we um, said 60s medicine uh can you give them some brandy let's give them some brandy it'll be fine um and actually that probably would work anyway, yeah, right <laughs> um if you're in shock but um anyway i read the article where irish and the british have a higher tolerance to alcohol it takes more for them to get not buzzed but like piss fucking drunk so i'm like yay i guess um (laughs) but i um i learned from my grandfather and my and my uncles that it does run in the family doesn't mean you can't drink but you need to be mindful of that and i and i you know i'll have a drink every once in a while i enjoy whiskey right um but i i'm always in the back of my head no that i need to pace myself and not be an asshole you well, like you said like a you know like i'm a um you know a perfectionist or a control freak if, if you will and and i am that way because the one reason why i don't get drunk is i like to be in control i don't like to yeah. lose control so it perfectly manifests as a why i don't why i don't drink alcohol to excess because you're not in control if you're fucking drunk. exactly and I, I think with a lot of with a lot of these issues and it's not to say that i'm not a you know I'm addicted to fucking movies and shit like that, you know, spending money for those kind of things when I, but then that's the thing though, that that's the gray area. Are you addicted to movies or is that something you enjoy? Yeah. You know, everybody has things they enjoy. And I, 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 I think the biggest thing with, with all of this is that, you know, we all, you know, you, you have those people that, that drink or party to excess because they just are, t- you know, they're like, Oh, I just want to blow off things this week, and it's like, really? Yeah, because you've done that like four or five things where it, where did you know? Like, I understand you know having a good time or whatever, but does it always have to consist of drugs, booze? You know, you know. Yeah, how a bad is your lifestyle? Life? That yeah, of a reckless <laughs> lifestyle. And I I think in a lot of instances, an addiction would be something that's harmful to you and your immediate family, like people that are alcoholics, and then they resort to beating, you know, their wives or right. something like that, or they they. Uh, renege on you know going to going to work or helping out their family or to a point where it's like it's crackheads stealing from their mother mm-hmm. just fucking stupid shit like exactly that. you know where it leads to irrational behavior that point would be what i would consider addiction but you know 
you have a gamer that's playing 12 hours, you know, playing two days worth of, of He's Starcraft. only wasting his own time. He ain't wasting <laughs> right. anybody else's. But, you know, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that could be an, that's an addictive behavior. But what is it an extension from? And that's what I think right. we really need to look at is is and and you know believe it or not we were actually siding with the uh, with the software uh, industry. It is a symptom of something else, and it's a bigger issue. And in this, particularly in this country, we don't like to deal with mental health issues. We no, we, we you know when you we're too macho about it. That's right. Why, you have you have all of these you know everything in society where it's like oh well this person had mental ish- health issues and he shot. All those people oh well we need to get rid of the guns well what about the mental health don't because as soon as soon as you say oh well he was depressed the majority of people in this country are like get over it yeah because that's while the, that's the while, american while those, the majority of those people are suffering the same thing they right. just don't kill people on it i mean listen and that and there's gray area in that too because yeah. nowadays a lot of people do need to get the fuck over it yeah like a lot of people who claim they're depressed are not depressed they're just fucking lazy mm. You know, and, but that's the difficult. It's it be, it makes a new difficulty in it where you can see someone and they're saying they have a mental issue, and you're looking at them and you're like, "No, you fuck, you're just an asshole." You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah, but you're not a doctor. But, but yeah, and, and there's yeah, and, and in that instance too, you know, when you when you have people like, I don't really feel like doing anything. I just kind of want to curl up on the couch and just watch TV. And then somebody's, "Oh, you're depressed. You should see someone." I think you're depressed instead of like, yeah. Oh, well, you know, you're entitled to have a lazy day. When it's like, yeah, but I've been feeling like this for the last three years. Okay, then that might be depression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you just happen to feel like that this week, like I just, you know, like my brother, he's been trying to get over having a cold. He's had this persistent cough for about a, probably going on two weeks now. And, you know, he's he's gone to work because, you know, it takes, you know, the earth falling apart before he actually takes a day off for being sick real man shit (laughs) and uh you know and he had new year new year's day and the day after and he kind of relaxed those days and i was like he's like but i just don't feel like doing it i go because you're sick just fucking chill out you know you're sick and you've been working right so it's like just fucking you know relax don't do anything and he did the you know and the same thing this week and he had he had his first weekend off in a long time and he was like he was like i i really just kind of don't feel like doing anything because you've been sick and you've been working you're tired you're going to be tired even more because of that so it's like but then yet again that's a smaller scale of symptom versus cause his symptom is he's tired the cause is because he's working yeah and he's sick you know so it's like yeah and 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 that's the thing it's like somebody else would probably say i think you're depressed and you'd probably say yeah i am depressed look at where i work that's where i'm depressed you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's different between depressed depressed and and, and a little down you know what i mean and i think think that's the problem is people don't i was gonna say there's depressed and then there's depression and i think that's where where the stem lies because nobody a lot of people like don't like their job don't like the they like like, two perfect example two years ago my grandfather passed away my grandfather was like my father so i took my bereavement time and for 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 a while past the time i was depressed yeah you know, and I had people. I remember you were talking to me. And you were kind of confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like I, I don't because know. I'm. I don't know because I'm happening. not. <laughs> right, I'm not the type of person that gets depressed. I, I, I'm not an emotional person. I'm, I'm a very rational person. When something bad happens, like, well, just like I just said, it's probably I'm going to see it as my fault, and how can I fix it? I'm not going to sit there and be sad. Emotions annoy me. 
<laughs> like it's 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 happy emotions don't. He's, but like he's, if I get he's talking to me about this and he's like, yeah, I feel I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you should feel like this. It's like, it was so funny because we're we're talking about it and. I'm more annoyed because it's in the way. <laughs> right. I have things to do, and I don't. I don't have time for this. But um, I was depressed. I had a lot of people tell me because this is the American gut reaction. Go to the doctor; he'll give you this medicine. He'll give you this medicine. Right, like, right. no, I'm supposed to feel this way. Yeah, you're supposed to feel. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is, I think I'm going to say about four months of gradually getting better, but still, you know, in. I think they call it being in mourning. Yeah. Um, and after that, you know what? Yeah, it still sucks that my grandfather died, but I'm not sad anymore. I've, I've accepted it. It is what it is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then after that four-month period, I had people telling me, I can't believe you got over it that fast. And I'm like, it's because I actually got over it. Right. I didn't shove a bunch of pills down my throat or I didn't go drink to fucking numbness right. or smoke pot all fucking day. You know what I mean? Like dealt I dealt with it. With it. Yeah. Right. So, and was it a difficult, yeah, it was probably the most difficult period of my life. I'm not going to lie. The only thing is, is I, I'm an expert at covering up my emotion. <laughs> so I went to work and I, I did everything I had. And, and but, when, also, but when he's feeling something in it, and then I get that text of like, I don't know why I get, it's, it's like I'm dealing with data in some instances. Cause he's like, t when he messages me, like, I'm feeling like this and it's just, why is it bothering me? Why is this? Why do I feel this way? Why? I'm like, it's like it's like data in that scene where he finds Spot, yeah. in the crashed Enterprise. Like, why am I crying? Yeah, I don't, um, I've been I think honestly, I'm malfunctioning. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm man enough to admit I cried a couple times, of course, you know. But even then, I didn't cry nowhere near. Like, even my wife was like, "Why are you not crying?" And I'm like, "What? What the fuck is that going to help?" You know, that's just me. That's my personality, and I get that from the man that passed away that we're talking right. about. Because he used to tell me, and I took my bereavement, and it's a week at my company. My company's very generous. They give me a week off paid uh, when there's a death in the family. And um, once a year. So people aren't, <laughs> oh, my fucking sister's cousin's cat died. Um, but my father died. I needed, didn't your mom die like two months ago? No, no. She died right. again. <laughs> Pet cemetery shit, yeah. you know. <laughs> But um, they didn't even ask me for documentation. That's because people trust me in my job, though, because I don't really lie. But um, where the hell was I going? Oh, he used to tell me, because I, I used to get up, like, for school or something, and I'd be like, oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to go in. And he says, you know, the one of the biggest truths of of life, this, is, this ties right into this conversation about feeling down or being addicted to video games or whatever is ultimately, no matter how you feel, the world doesn't fucking care. Yeah. It's the truth. The world, keep, the world keeps spinning at the same fucking speed. And no matter what's happening in your life, your job is still moving on. Everything's still moving. Right. It's, it's up to you if you want to jump back in or not because everything's going to move along without you. You know, And that's the mentality I've always had. So I took my week, and even in the middle of the week, I'm like, I got to get back to work. Yeah, and my wife was like, "No, no, no! Please, please take the full week. Do me a favor and take Some, the full sometimes week." Sometimes it's it's hard, you know. Sometimes you're kind of like, "I need to kind of, I need to go back," because otherwise you're. Well, my my problem was is is during that week since I don't I don't process sadness correctly. I think mm -hmm. I was having um I was having outbursts of anger. Oh yeah, like little things, and I was like, "The fuck away from me!" Like I was getting pissed. I know that emotion. I can do that one fine, you know. But um. <laughs> I, I, I was a lot of apologizing to my children and stuff like yeah. that. 
because we were all sad. But I was like fucking screaming at everybody sometimes. Yeah. And then I'd have to go slump over there and say I was sorry. <laughs> I was being an asshole. But um, yeah, so, you know, enough of my personal life. But it's basically the, the word addiction, I think, is the big problem. And just like we said, we really need to focus on what is the what, why is what's the reason little Jimmy is playing video games 12 hours a day and not going outside, not going to work. Now, what What's the reason that he is using this as a substitute for happiness? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, it's that's what we to need to do. It's easy to slap a label on anything. And, uh, right. and, uh, the last thing I'm going to say about this, cause we're running a bit long is, um, is it's easy to slap a label on something and then call it that. And then say like, well, how can we overcome this particular addiction when in, 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 what we should be doing is actually looking at the neurological disorders that 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 and that in, that increase your likelihood of being an addictive personality. It, I, there is there is proof there has been science done that it is genetically. If you're if, you know if you're heavy you know you're it and it's it's, it's a lot of things. It's like you're heavy set. You're in it. You, you your family has a history of heart disease, cancer, over um, overweight, diabetes. You know an addictive personality addiction it, it's all genetic and if there's a way that we can look into that we can curb a lot of this but saying that oh well gaming is an addiction it's like no it's not an addiction it's like everything else well it can also it can also be cultural yeah i mean and and i i use the example village, of alcohol right? <laughs> right i use the example of alcohol europeans for the most part view the way we consume alcohol in a poor light because Americans, especially like college age, they drink to get drunk. That is the goal, and it, most Europeans don't drink that way. Well, it's they because, drink socially or but with it's a meal. also it's also well. You look at the way that the Europeans deal with um, alcohol, sex. You know, we're a Puritan society. You right. Know, we look. We frown upon any sort of enjoyment. Uh, you know, whether it be alcohol. You know, it's like. If you're enjoying yourself too much, you should be working. Right. <laughs> and and the <laughs> thing is, is that, you know, here it's like, you know, you shouldn't drink. You shouldn't drink. You're told not to drink. You shouldn't be drinking. Of course, when you're when you hit that rebellious teenage years, you're predisposed to, you know, especially, you know, you're predisposed to actually act out and, and you know, drink or have sex or do drugs. And and it is, and it, it because it's taboo, right? But also, it is also very true that the more that the more of a um, uh, sheltered lifestyle you lead, the oh that you have for your family, it's going to increase the chances of that person rebelling and then doing something stupid. Um, yep. So there there's a lot there's a lot of that, but then in you know in the European society there are more free, there are more open. They introduce people to alcohol to you know to sex to a point to where it's like it's not a big deal you know and and it's not as you know um restrictive as it is here so you know i mean you always hear like well we're america we don't fucking do anything those europeans do yeah because there are right in a lot of in a lot of areas you know yeah and and it's like remember this country was founded by people that are so uptight. Even England even said, "Get the fuck out." You yeah, know? <laughs> that's the that's the funny thing that people don't realize is they go, "Oh, well, people left for religious freedoms." Like, yes, that they did. It's because the religions that left were fucking crazy. <laughs> right. Like they were, we, they were like we were the, founded by a cult. It's really what this right, exactly. Was. You know, like, and then of course 
regular people started coming. Mm-hmm. You know, but the the first people that came here and set the roots were nuts. Yeah. Like they 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 believed in a religion that was so fucking like fucking through sheets. Yeah, when you're married, like that kind of weird shit. You know, and it was they frowned. They were that old school Christianity that was like, if you're enjoying yourself, you're obviously sinning. Right. You know, so it's it's um it's funny too because now we're still the uptight ones in Europe is the fucking living free and right. doing whatever they got to do <laughs> socially. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was a good main topic. Um, yeah. So uh, I think it's time we go into our, what the actual fuck. So my, what the actual fuck is kind of a stemming from another uh, uh, article that I pulled from Ars Technica a couple months ago. A 14 year old girl is facing charges in Minnesota in Minnesota juvenile courts that could lead her to being placed on the sex re- offender registry, all for taking nudie selfies and sending to her boyfriend at school. Prosecutors say that she violated Minnesota's child pornography statute, which bans distributing sexually explicit material uh, pictures of underage subjects. In a legal brief filed last week or this week by the ACLU of Minnesota says that this is ridiculous. Charging a teenager for taking a nude selfie means that the state is charging the supposed victim an absurd result of the legislature that uh, can't have intended when it passed the Minnesota child pornography statute, all AC, um, the ACLU argues. The case is being heard by a juvenile court in Rice County about an hour south of the Twin Cities. Because this is juvenile court, there's a lot we don't know, including the name of the teenager. We don't even know if the selfie in question was a photo or a video. We do know come uh, what we do know comes from the ACLU's legal brief, which includes a brief description of the case. According to the ACLU, the anonymous teen sent a selfie to a classmate over Snapchat. The recipient apparently took a screenshot of the message and shared it with others at school without the girl's consent. One of the classmates alerted the police in Fairbault, Minnesota, which presumably where the girl goes to school. Officials decided to charge the girl with the felony sex offense of knowingly disseminating pornographic work involving a minor to another person. An adult convicted of this crime can face up to seven years in prison as a 14-year-old girl, the, um, as a 14-year-old, the girl in this case, isn't facing a criminal prosecution as an adult, in an adult court and won't face as harsh sentence an adult might face. The problem the ACLU notes is that she, if she's found guilty, she'll likely be placed on a sex offender registry where, where she could face the same stigmas as someone who commits a violent sex crimes. For distributing photos of herself. Right. That could lead to difficulties in finding a job or obtaining housing. The ACLU, the ACLU brief doesn't mention whether the boy was charged for distributing the girl's full photo to other classmates. I mean, I, I in no way agree that minors should be sharing naked pictures of themselves. Right. I think they're all morons, but um, <laughs> but it's still her right. self. Right. Like you can't. Like there's kind of a, a a gray area there that you kind of have to give it a pass, yeah, and just kind of tell the parents, "Hey, can you watch your fucking kid, please?" Because <laughs> there's you can't you can't do that. I, there's no way that's going to make it to court. Yeah, and no and way. Even if they do, it, that is going to go into straight up into an appeal. Oh, like yeah. the the thing is, is that okay? If you go with that, let let's say somebody takes a nudie a selfie of themselves, you know, teenager, what happens? 
and it gets saved to a cloud and they don't send it out but someone on the cloud actually sees it so there would be charged with the same thing because they have uh that would be um what would what that, what that would be um uh possession of child pornography i remember when i um, when i turned 18 um i had a couple girls in high school that sent me some questionable photographs mm-hmm. you know because you know we keep it g you understand <laughs> what i'm talking about and i was so nervous now that i was an adult you know <laughs> right. so i fucking reset my phone like i purged everything <laughs> i was like get this shit out of here i ain't trying to get I caught even, up. i even cleared my browsing history just because <laughs> And I was still, you know, I'm, I'm a little old, so I had to throw the Polaroids out. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, but it's like, um, that's ridiculous. Like, she's not a criminal. She's an idiot. Yeah. You know, she needs to be educated on respecting herself and, and stuff like that. Now, there's always a weird thing with, with the whole sending nudes. It's such a common thing now. Right. That people do. And it's not just kids. Oh, like, yeah. I, almost every woman i know at work has done that yeah like the young younger girls they do it with their boyfriends and stuff like that is it stupid yes it's extremely stupid <laughs> because most people if you break up with that person it's gonna look at this look at my ex yeah and they're gonna share it with everybody you know so it, it's um maybe girls should just get naked in the bedroom why does everything have to be photographed fucking film shit or just be you know be sensible and do it on skype yeah, yeah. Use uh, that's why everyone loves that um, what's that, what is that fucking picture sharing, that it deletes oh, after th- a while. That's Snapchat, but you when you take Snapchat. a screenshot, it's supposed to notify the other user too when somebody takes a screenshot. So yeah, but every everyone thinks that Snapchat is the secure one, and that's why people use yeah. it. Like any time, I guarantee you, if a girl says she has Snapchat. And you say, "Oh, what's your um, what's your Instagram handle?" You're like, "Oh, okay, blah blah blah," and they give it to you. you say, "Hey, what's your Snapchat?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's the only thing that Snapchat's good for. Yeah, is posting pictures that are fucking questionable. But whatever, this girl's an idiot. Um, but it doesn't deserve that. She doesn't deserve all that. She just needs some education. Yeah. That's all. You know, that's fucking. She's probably sitting there going, "For real." <laughs> <laughs> What's her Snapchat? Um, (laughs) (laughs) That dude, the the real asshole in this is the fucking dude. Oh, absolutely. If he, if he's getting off scot-free, like it doesn't say in there if he's being charged, but if that motherfucker is being charged, if not being charged, that is an asshole. He should at least get an asshole. Yeah. Because if, if she's getting charged for distributing, he should, he should be charged. He should too. Possession. Possession and distribu- yeah. distribution, because you know he was showing his home. Oh yeah, you know. So it's like, I was the one dude, and I, I'm, I'm gonna be real. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to act like I'm a fucking white knight. Mm-hmm. But like I had a girl, girlfriend or whatever send me a little, you know, topless pic or whatever, and I would say I got it. Like I would tell my friends, like, yeah, you know, my girl be sending me a couple photos and shit, you know. But like, oh, let me see. Fuck you. Right. Like, that's my, that's my girlfriend. You get to see that. <laughs> but. They were sharing pictures left and right. I'd seen so I'd seen half my fucking graduating class naked. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, back and that in was my the day, fucking... if you had to do that. You had to be fucking creative, <laughs> right? You were coming in with fucking paintings and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to, you'd so, have to, you know, linger in the bushes, make sure you got the right room, <laughs> you know, hope they kept the curtains or blinds open. You know, it was it was difficult back in my day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
But you weren't arrested for no. it. Just crazy I mean, unless kids you, unless you heard that, that you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why you had to use the old school Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> you out there, you out there with one of them fucking crank video cameras. Yeah, the big old VHS cameras. I'm standing there. That motherfucker got an eight mil camera in his hand. What the fuck? He actually has external light. Holy shit. Is that a film crew? What the fuck is going on? Hey, the boom's in the shot. Get it out. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. Um. So this is mine's hard. a little more. <laughs> mine's a little more uh, jovial. Um. A woman who accidentally received the wrong lottery ticket from a cashier. Wait. And decided to buy it anyway. Made the right move. O- Oksana Zeroff. 46, from Edgewater, New Jersey, was shopping in Manhattan when she asked the clerk for a dollar New York lottery scratch-off ticket. Instead, the man unwittingly handed her a $10 set-for-life ticket. Um, She noticed the mistake. When the clerk handed me the wrong ticket, I felt bad, so I decided to just go ahead and buy it. The mother of two told the lottery... Why do they always say that? I don't care how much she told the lottery in a press release. I actually used the ticket as a bookmark for a couple weeks before I decided to scratch it. Now she can buy a whole lot of bookmarks. <laughs> she won 5 million to be distributed over 20 years plus annual net sum plus annual net sums of $172,668 after that for the rest of her life. Her stroke of luck went viral on Tuesday as news outlets learned of it. I never win anything she told the lottery. Yeah, you live in New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, you, let's be honest, you already dude. failed. <laughs> but, I mean, not failed. Just dealt a bad hand. You know what I mean? Um, what I was did you sure say in ticket... one of the old podcasts, dealt a, a pair of fuck you cards? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was I was sure the ticket was fake. It wasn't until I bought it, brought it into the office that I knew it was for real. Um, Zaharoff uh, hopes to take her family on a Bahamas vacation and plans to fund her children's college education. Huff, HuffPost reached out to her, and we swear it wasn't for a loan, but rather to see <laughs> if she went wants to comment on her win. But if you want to help fuck out... Fuck you, it's on a loan. Let me, let me hold 20 bucks <laughs> real quick. I know. When you get that first <laughs> check, can I hold it for a minute? <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> you know, this job at the Huff Post. <laughs> I, I, I only picked this article because I thought it was cool. Like, it was, it was like... She wasn't even trying to win it. Right. She was just like trying to buy, buy the regular one and got this one. Like, all right. You know, and, and, and you the know, fact you that know, she felt bad and she actually paid for the full ticket, you know, because you, you know, know New Yorkers be other people pissed. be like, oh, fuck that shit. Snake in this you know, boy. You know, New Yorkers are pissed. Someone from New Jersey won their fucking lot. Oh, yeah. They're like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been me. <laughs> I was in that shop two months ago. <laughs> Goddamn mothers um, are taking my taking my lotto money. <laughs> right. So that's it for this week. Please give us that five star rating on iTunes or wherever you get. Um now if it's like a ten star, don't give five star. Don't be an asshole. Like <laughs> max out the thing. That's what I'm right. Um if you're new to the show, you can definitely find all our old episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Play Music, as well as our website, thelazygeeks.com. We are also on social media, of course, Twitter and Instagram, both under the name Lazy Geeks, all one word. Um, we definitely would like some feedback from anybody who wants to share it, which I know is all of you. Don't lie. <laughs> Go ahead and send it to our email at mailbag at 
MiddleAgedGeeks.com. And you can find me on the internet on Twitter at MiddleAgedGeek, uh, Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek. And you can check out my other podcasts. It's not just another podcast that talks about society, politics, religion, and Adam joins me over there. Uh, Hi. And that episode, those shows will be coming out every Tuesday, um, as well as the Extended Play Movie Podcast, which is currently on hiatus until February. But you can catch all of our past 24 episodes on uh, and both shows. Actually, you can catch on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher or at it's not just another blog dot com. And um, I'm just on Twitter, man. You know, at Sapien TLG. Hit me up. Catch me in my DM. <laughs> and be sure to tune in on Friday for our uh, our latest adventure on the away team. And that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. <laughs>